Welcome back to I Did This Instead of Killing Myself, stand-up comedy podcast based in Astoria, New York, relocated from Greenville. Welcome back. Uh, it's the week of July 3rd, 2023. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you're getting ready for a great week of uh, hot dogs and fireworks and whatever else you're doing. Um, first week in New York. Wow. It's freaking crazy, man. These these open mics. I'm so tired. There's so many of them. It's intense. Comics here are comics here are good. They're uh, I don't know. I'm trying to make friends slowly without annoying people. Dude, it's awesome. It's great. Alexis is gonna be here in like 15 minutes, so I'm gonna hurry up and record this intro. We're gonna move her stuff in, and I'm sure we'll have more updates later. But uh, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for tuning in this morning. We have a great guest today. Uh, Third time on the show, one of my best friends in Greenville comedy. Our guest today, Tucker Lawson. Tucker is uh, the man. On this episode, we nerd out. If you are a nerd, you'll like this episode. Tucker is uh, in law school. He's finishing up soon. Um, we find out that Tucker is a duck. He's calm on the surface, but paddling a lot underneath. Tucker's great, man. He's seven years into comedy. He's taken some breaks on and off, but uh, he's a great comic. Um, but yeah, if you're a nerd, you'll like this episode. We go, we get ready to go into like uh, mini law school mode because I ask a lot of questions about legal examples. Like, for example, what's the difference between libel and slander? And we use hypothetical examples from Seinfeld sitcoms. You guys remember Jackie Childs? Yeah, he's my favorite uh, sitcom lawyer. Uh, we learn Tucker's GPA. Um, we go walking in Memphis. Uh, Tucker, uh, the, the closest like large city to Tucker's law school is Memphis. So we, we get a little behind the scenes look at what it's like to, to live in Memphis. It's a cool town. I'd visited it recently. And uh, yeah, as we talk about Memphis, we talk about is Ja Moran flashing his gun on Instagram Live illegal? I don't know. We talk about um, people having trust broken um, by trusting in authority and the, the psychological um, implications of that. Tucker has some book recommendations. We use illustrations from the Jerry Sandusky and Larry Nasser cases. So a little uh, heavy there. <laughs> uh, and Tucker shares a story of when he got scammed uh, in his job driving for Uber. So uh, interesting stuff there. I love talking to Tucker. Whenever we start uh, talking, it's just uh, really we're engrossed in the conversation. It flies by. I think you'll like this interview. It's about two hours long. So Hope you enjoy it. Uh, waste a little time with us on your Monday morning, starting your holiday week. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy it. So that's it for the interview intro. Normally I do the local comedy shows, but just a reminder in Greenville, um, if you want to know about the local shows, please follow Greenville SC Comedy on Instagram. They promote the local shows for the week. So you can check them out there. All right. Uh, I better sign off because Alexis is about to be here. and She's going to kill me. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week, and I hope you enjoy the interview with Tucker. Here it is. The first person to do the show three times, <laughs> Tucker Lawson. Yeah. How are you recovering from your uh, firing off of Fox News? Dude, I'm telling you, like I, I think I'm going to land on my feet. I think my boy Elon Musk like has me. He I does? think we're going to do like an hour-long show there like every... Yeah. Every week or like at least, you know, I'm trying to do it a weekly show. On the Twitter space? On the yeah, Twitter spaces. Like yeah. the you know, 
we the, the presidential launch didn't go that well on Twitter Spaces, but <laughs> we think that less people are probably going to show up to see me yeah. on Twitter. Right. And it's <laughs> yeah, I'm just like super excited to work with like Elon. He like does so much cool stuff. Like, yep. Has a bunch of money He's, and uh, owns a bunch of companies. <laughs> yeah. Free speech. <laughs> Warrior, Free speech warrior. Not at all part of the problem himself. We uh, <laughs> infallible Elon. He it, should actually do that. That should be his yeah. uh, epithet, I guess. Epithet, yeah. <laughs> Eat he, the infallible Elon Musk. He is the philosopher king. That so- was it. Socrates had in mind as yeah, the optimal for the, leader of a nation. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, is it think Socrates or Plato? I don't one know. of the two. Uh-huh. I know that Plato's Republic is a thing, but yeah, I read that like ten years, like almost ten years ago now. So yep. But I read part of it. But uh, yep. yeah. Well, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you coming back on, man. This is awesome. I love that you uh, like want to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's I just, just fun. I just like talking. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think, and this is like the third year in a row. I think so. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, we spaced <laughs> it out pretty evenly. Yeah, I like, think you're yeah. usually here. Uh, in the summer yeah yep for well, yeah finishing up law school you have one more year right yeah one more year well this time next year i'll be studying for the bar okay and being a recluse uh-huh. uh and then from there after i study for the bar i either pass i think i find out in like october or like august i feel like i take it in june or july and then uh-huh. i find out in august or september and after that, I either pass or fail, and I got to take it again in February. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. uh, yeah, but that's that's the outlook for the next year. I have another two semesters of school in Mississippi, and then I'll be back, and I'll probably be back in South Carolina uh, doing my thing. I love it, man. And you're pretty even keel. Like every time I see you, it's just like <laughs> no stress, no drama. You seem like I, I mean, to, I mean, law I, school hasn't like made you lose. <laughs> uh your mind yeah i mean i try to keep the idea of that i'm like a duck i think you're so like in law you're school a duck yeah so like in law school i feel like a lot of it everyone's trying to be cool okay right? everyone's like oh yeah i have this like i know everything that's going on like i know this concept i know that concept i got all my reading done for the week early like it's all chill like i'm actually just like outlining now uh-huh. it's all good but in fact like they're just like a pit of anxiety and so yeah. they're like ducks like everyone's like gliding across the top of the water but under we're just like kicking the, for our lives <laughs> we're just like, like kicking for our lives yeah um but i think yeah i mean i'm just i just try to be more even keel i think yeah back in the day i might have been more excitable but as i've mm-hmm. aged uh i try to conserve my energy because yeah. I, I try to conserve my energy or whatnot because getting worried and focusing on that type of stuff is like why why do that? Because yeah. like it's inevitable, right? Like there's no, not many people, if anyone, has died from law school, right? Mm-hmm. That's my idea. Like, I it's gonna happen. It's gonna time goes forward, no matter right. what you want. So it's like it's a fool's errand to really care. Yeah. Or not, well, it, it's a fool's errand to like uh to to dolly over like to to, to try worry. to stop it. Yeah, to worry about mm-hmm. that kind of uh that progression of time because whatever you're worried about it's gonna happen uh-huh and it might suck yeah but it's not forever mm-hmm. and eventually it'll end yeah and i mean like in law school i have like 
people have four hour exams. Like you mm-hmm. sit there for four hours and just write as much as you can. Like right. I, I think on one I had a four hour exam that I wrote probably four thousand, four and a half thousand words on in those four hours because <laughs> you're just sitting like yeah. You literally have no distractions. Your phones are off. Mm-hmm. Are they're supposed to? Like, I put my phone off. I actually had this really bad, uh, exp- not a really bad experience with this past. Um, exam period i was in my uh advanced torts class mm-hmm. it's torts are like defamation like civil like when most of the time in like civil litigation you're being charged like when, when you're being sued give me an example for what a tort would be like a def- defamation like defamation, civil like, like i said something you said something that wasn't true about, about me tough, yeah. and, it ca- and it caused like a monetary harm mm-hmm. and that's like the that's like a very quick overview there's more elements to okay the, so to I, a, I slander you slander, on the yeah. podcast you yeah. don't get hired for a job yeah and then you could sue me for defamation yeah there's actually like uh it was funny there's actually super clear outlines of like what counts as like libel and uh-huh. what counts as slander like libel is written i'm pretty sure and yeah, is spoken that's in spider-man so, so, yeah, yeah okay yeah so yeah <laughs> jameson's like yeah it's it's yes. slander no it's uh it's, so it's uh print, it's libel <laughs> yeah so there's this there's uh you get into tricky situations about that though because mm-hmm. say you're on a tv show like mm-hmm. you're on tv mm-hmm. and you say something that's slanderous you say something that's defaming someone basically mm-hmm. now is that live the a big question is like is that libel because it was written by a writer right or is it slander because it was spoken by you mm-hmm. and who is like liable for those things yeah. is so, the person who just recites the script um it i mean in I th- trouble i think it or comes down to says the- i think there's some kind of common law issue okay. there but um i'm not entirely certain about that but i know that i think live if it's on a TV show, yeah. like if it's on a TV show, let's say like Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and Seinfeld like slanders Larry David for some reason, or, or right. he I, or he would like something slanderous about um, the owner of the Yankees, who's mm-hmm. like kind of a character on the show, mm-hmm. um, played by Larry Steinbrenner. David. Steinbrenner, yeah, yeah, Steinbrenner, yeah. So say he slanders Steinbrenner, or he says something slanderous on screen, uh, that would technically be libel. Because it's okay. a scripted show. Sure. Yeah. But say that Pete Davidson goes on SNL uh-huh. and he says like something slanderous about Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, that he like you have basically you have to like know it's or not not slander. He says something. Yeah, this would be slander. But he says something defamatory mm-hmm. about Kanye on SNL. Yeah. And he knows it not to be true, or he yep. has like a more he has, he has reason to believe it's not true. Yep. And reason to believe that it would hurt him, yep. hurt Kanye that would be slander because it's being spoken and it's not yep. a scripted show. Sure. Um, in some, in some instances it's not a scripted show entirely. Okay. But yeah. So there's like these yeah. weird interest, interest, like about yeah. the law that a nerd like me kind of enjoys. Yeah. And getting down into like the nitty gritty of everything. I, I had something removed from an article I was writing for the Asheville mountain express. Shout out to them. But, uh, for your, for about like your comedy. We, well, we, we uh, it was me, Alexis, and Katie Hughes got asked by Morgan Bose to do this. This is uh, a newspaper in Asheville, and yeah. they do a column, and it's highlighting um, something, and then it's highlighting the comics. So you, it was about conservation, and they asked us questions about the environment, and like one of the questions was a tourist attraction to Asheville. Like, how would you comic a? You know, we all responded. Yeah. 
uh, attract tourists to Asheville. You you responded like in writing or in like in writing. Okay, yeah, yeah. So um, I tried to include I, what I said was a reason to go there is you can um, see celebrities, and I I said something about an interaction I had with Russell Crowe, and I I think I I don't know if I've told you this story before in Asheville. Uh huh. Russell yeah. Crowe and at- I mean it makes sense. Yeah, I guess. dude, so, I met yeah. him. It was a highlight of my life, and I was so excited. But he, uh, my my girlfriend at the time, and me were at the at a music thing. We saw Russell Crowe, and I specifically was there to see him because I was like, we heard a rumor he was going to be there, and I saw <laughs> him come in after a smoke break. And I don't know if I'm saying if this is slanderous, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, don't lock me up, Tucker. But we saw him. And I made eye contact with him as he was coming in, and I was drunk off wine. So <laughs> you're wine drunk, going yeah, up that Chardonnay. This, this was before <laughs> I got sober. So yeah. I leaned in and shook his hand, and I was like, "Sir, it's so nice to meet you. Gladiator inspired my whole life." Oh my god! And then he looked at me, <laughs> shook my hand because I didn't give him an option. I was like, Bleh. and he looked at my girlfriend, and he said, "She inspires me right now." <laughs> oh my god! I mean, that like that's like he could have certainly said worse. Things. Yeah, it was, like he could have said worse things about your girlfriend. Honestly. Right, he was complimenting her. Yeah. I didn't take it as an offense. Okay, I was yeah. like, "Bro, you want to go hang out with my girlfriend?" And I love that. Let's go hang out. Your... Inspired your wife, your life for what? <laughs> it did. Dude. David's like, I had a, I had a son. I killed him though. I raised him to eight because of you, and then I killed my eight-year-old son. And yep. I, I used to have a wife actually. Yeah, a whole vineyard and stuff. We were yep. like given, given it by. Yeah, they got Caesar they got or whatever. raped they, and crucified by the. Uh, the Roman, who's it? Uh, yeah, I forget the king. Yeah, uh, I forget the king that does it. Wa- the, uh, no, it's the prince. It's uh, Walking Phoenix. Walking Phoenix. Yeah, Walking Phoenix actually underappreciated actor. Walking Phoenix. raped and murdered my family or his, <laughs> his guards did. <laughs> so yeah, that really inspired me a lot. Yeah, you know? but anyway, so you said this to the Asheville time or what? With a I didn't say the whole story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just said Russell Crowe hit on my girlfriend. That was the extent of it. I and said, you said this to the newspaper. You said I, I wrote it in there, and I yeah. said, "Yes, I tell everyone I know. Yes, I'm proud of it. No, he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't like me or something. I don't know. Yeah. I just something like funny like that." And uh, they said, "Sorry, we had to remove that. Everything else got kept in." But they said because of defamation lawsuits, they could not include. That makes uh, sense. I mean, yeah, 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 that makes sense. And now I might be in trouble because I just said the whole story here. But I, I mean, no, I think that. If that's allegedly, if, I don't know. Oh no, yeah, just say it. allegedly. Like that's how. <laughs> so that's how I perceive the situation, and you should be good. Uh, that no advice I give yeah, you. Yeah, I was though, drunk. I don't really remember if that was exactly. Yeah, I just want to say that no advice I give you can like be considered legal advice. <laughs> uh, I think I'm supposed to say that before I give anyone like moderate. Like if I look something up for someone, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I like yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so you had a nightmare situation. I had a nightmare situation in my exam, and people were. Um, there was some sort of a cop got shot in the uh, lower part of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. This is a real story. This is a real story. Got shot in the arm like early in that morning. This was a 9 a.m. exam, uh-huh. mind you. Uh, they get shot or something in the arm, and the person is on the run with mm-hmm. a gun, and they put out like a not an Amber Alert, but like a uh, uh, an alert statewide to my to our iPhones, and like I guess mm-hmm. they did it to Androids too, but everyone's phone starts going off in the middle of this exam like the whole like siren alarm go blaring blaring, and it goes off four times in like 20 minute like 20 minute 15 minute intervals uh 
and no one's turned their phone. Like I turn my phone off, I put it in my bag. Like I don't even want to like. Right. Have but those that. alerts will supersede the. No, 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 mine wasn't going off. Oh, yours wasn't. Okay. Mine wasn't going off. I don't know if like it's supposed to, but like mine was not going off at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "How are you not turning your phone off before an exam?" First off, I guess like people could have like things going on at home, but like. Every, literally everyone in the class almost uh-huh. <laughs> had their phone on. I'm like, this is too much, Rebel. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, talk about disrupting your focus. I mean. Yeah, but law school's going good. I actually ended up getting like an A- in that exam, so yeah. it's all good. Hell yeah. Uh, What's your current GPA, Tucker? Oh, man. You said I was terrible. I really, d- I have not looked at it since I got my grades back, actually. Okay. I looked at my grades on my phone mm-hmm. at like 10 p.m. at night because they come out at 9 p.m central so i get them at 10 p.m here yeah and uh i looked at my grades on my phone saw what i had texted some friends that i was like in group projects with that we completely crushed yeah and then hell uh, yeah you gave shout outs like well i just texted them and i was texted our like group and i was like hell yeah dude and yeah nice because these two prof- so i got two a minuses which is like a big deal i haven't had an a since like high school probably <laughs> okay yeah they're so, tough to come by in law school oh huh? yeah definitely was, i mean so and i was just a screw up in undergrad but uh yeah so i te- we, me and my friends were in a legislation class taught by a super hard professor and my advanced torch class was also taught by a super hard professor and we got a we got a minuses in both of those or yeah. i got a minuses in both of those so i was like super pumped about that so mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, it's going okay. That's, I'm, that's I'm, good, man. Yeah, I didn't get to do as much comedy this year as I'd like, like get out to a bunch of mics as I did, like I did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's uh it's been nice. I go up to Memphis sometimes, mm-hmm. and you were just there, right? You were just in Memphis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a work trip there. Yeah, very fun. I I'd never been to Memphis outside of through the airport before yeah. that. It's interesting the, I, town, man. What's your take on Memphis? I think it's so. I mean, it's one of the it's a decently major city for mm-hmm. the south um it has its really bad parts mm-hmm. and it has its really good parts or it has its really cool parts right yeah because there's just a bunch of there's a bunch of history there right like there's yeah. really like elvis elvis you have the birth of rock and roll you have mm-hmm. the blues you have r&b that's like born in sun studios i think it was yeah. and like you have all of this awesome history like I, that's why i love like mississippi has a bunch of rich because like all the blues musicians were like born in Mississippi pretty right. much and like moved up yeah. to Memphis and the, yeah. they moved from the Delta to Memphis and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And just like this huge, like rich history of like American music, right? Yeah. It's like, were you singing to a tin can on the radio and that, that, yeah. that launches a, a music career. It's like the, like the songs that built American music, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, it's, I don't even know what American music was before. I guess you had like big band music and whatnot, mm-hmm. but as far as like popular music that we listen to today, yeah, it all like traces back, I think, to you know Memphis and Nashville, right? <laughs> for for the most part, yeah. And so I think it's uh, it's a cool city like that. It has a bunch of crime, mm-hmm. um, bunch yeah. of like car break-ins, but I think that's like happening in cities across the country, and yeah. I don't think it's like particular to them. Yeah, but I kind of like the pride it seemed like Memphis had. It kind of reminded me of Detroit a little bit. Like Detroit is kind of known as a pretty shitty city, but yeah. there's a lot of you know hometown Detroit pride. Yeah, and particularly their pride of like we're not Nashville, like we're not touristy. <laughs> we yeah. haven't sold out to that. And yeah. they um, only have one block of like tour. Did you go to Bill Street? 
Um, no, we went to the Memphis Barbecue Festival, which was pretty crazy. I'm pissed that I wasn't there for that. I love dude. We go like me and my friends will drive like an, it's like an hour and fifteen from uh-huh. Oxford. So me and my friends will drive from Oxford to like if we get tired of like, Oxford because Oxford's like super small. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Clemson. It's like once you do like everything, it's like well yeah. So we get out of we get out of Oxford sometimes and go to Memphis and have barbecue or eat someplace. Yeah, and, how far uh, of a drive you said it was? Like it's an like hour, hour fifteen or something. Oh, like that. it's nothing. Yeah, it's not it's bad. Like Asheville. But, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how I view it. Like I'm like oh I'm just gonna go to Asheville real quick and do some comedy mm-hmm. and get back down. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a suit. I think they have a lot of pride. You know, um, they have. Pro sports teams, which is cool. like they have mm-hmm. a basketball team, Grizzlies, yeah. Grizzlies, which are pretty good. Uh, Jaw like probably needs to get stuff straight, mm-hmm. but um, other than that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, South yeah, he Carolina was the boy. one that flashed the gun on the yeah on the in, in his Instagram live. I'm in in like I think in several venues he's flashed his gun. <laughs> As a lawyer, is flashing a gun on Instagram live strictly speaking illegal? It so it's not illegal. I would say two things. It probably goes against the terms of service for Instagram. It, maybe not, because like I see pictures of like dudes that look like you with like AR-15s, <laughs> right? Like if people like me and you, like right, if you, me and you get on yeah. Instagram with like AR-15s and like shoot like watermelons, yeah. it's a good time. It's a fun video. Yeah, and I guess it's just like the context was like, yeah, Jaw was doing it in like a provocative manner. Yeah, and he's already had like a history of these like. Of, like semi like confrontational things right. with like 17 year olds and right uh nba players uh-huh. but so it could have broken like instagram's terms of service maybe because uh-huh. it was in a violent manners it could be uh-huh. uh perceived as um and then it definitely probably violated some sort of character issue with mm-hmm. an nba contract that he right. probably has and probably right. definitely with the grizzlies that he has yeah and probably goes against like his like nba probation or well yeah. you know what i mean like it's not a good look yeah it's not a good look he, like there's these strings of events like of him him doing him doing these things and i think a lot of it's like he was he's a south carolina guy mm-hmm. and i think he kind of went to murray state which mm-hmm. is not a huge school i'm mm-hmm. sure there's like a party scene there mm-hmm. and like if you like if i was he was like what 22 21 maybe maybe mm-hmm. even younger i don't know if he went all four years but Give that person like give me at twenty two or twenty one millions of dollars. Yeah, I'm probably gonna fall you in with like a fl- bad crowd. You might flash a gun on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm gonna get home. I'm gonna get dudes that like roll with me everywhere. That and some of them are gonna be like packing heat, packing heat, but also like some like <laughs> tough looking dude. You know, like tougher guy, like yeah. tough looking dudes. Yeah, that people aren't gonna like try to mess with me with. You know, yeah. so I think yeah. I mean, I love watching the Grizzlies. We haven't been to a game up uh-huh. there, but um. The I do kind of like tune in when I'm in Mississippi when they're playing. Yeah, have you seen the Memphis uh, Redbirds? My friend is taking some taking a date to the Memphis Redbirds. Yeah, and he he said it's a decent park, but like it, the view of it's kind of crappy. Like from the you know you have like a nice view in downtown Greenville of like uh-huh. a, of like buildings and whatnot. Like he said, like it's just kind of like dilapidated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff in the back. It is. Um, it's a cool stadium because that was our our activity. So we went to the game for the Memphis Redbirds. Yeah. And then we went to the barbecue festival right That's after. Cool. It was it was fun. It yeah. was um, um, kids day at the stadium. So like every <laughs> class, every elementary school class in the city was there. Wow. And it was so funny because. It felt like the kids were so excited to be in an environment where being loud was not punished. 
Yeah. And whenever the screen put up, make noise, they could read it. They lost and it. And they lost their shit. So every time they put up, make noise, like they always do, be like, ah, like, they like were acting five like the, pitches higher than like the normal crowd noise. They were acting like the lights went out in class. They were yeah. just like going, yeah. 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 Um, it was really a fun time. Yeah. That's what I like. Downtown Memphis is like where to go. Like mm-hmm. outside of downtown. I, if you're going, I'd be super careful. Yeah. <laughs> just like in my experience, not that I've like really spent that much time there, but I've definitely driven through places in mm-hmm. there. Um, there's actually one of the bars that we do stand up at. Oh, yeah. you do stand up in Memphis? Yeah. yeah. So I just said that. Are you not listening? No, you're a I'm terrible listening. host. I'm sorry. You're a terrible host. I'm sorry. You, I thought you mentioned you go up to Asheville and do it and then you. No, no, no. I'm saying that like when I go to Memphis, it's like I an listen. hour 15 away. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're just bad at like retention of, no, of information you, you're right i'm pissed i didn't know this because at that time like i could have maybe gone out that night and tried to find a mic yeah know. i mean um cody hughes friend of the pod friend of the uh, pod cody hughes uh he introduced <laughs> me to a dude on facebook uh charlie um mm-hmm. uh, he won't mind me saying his name charlie Vergos. Mm-hmm. and i don't know if you were in if you if you went to the barbecue show you probably or barbecue festival you probably saw a a tent that says like Charlie Virgos's rendezvous. Okay. It's a super like there were a billion tents, so I didn't see Oh yeah, of course. But. I mean, yeah. But Charlie Virgos Rendezvous is a very storied, like historical uh barbecue restaurant okay. in in um Memphis. It's all it's like it's a down an alley. You have to walk uh-huh. down an alley and um yeah, you go down this these sets of stairs. It's always packed, mm-hmm. and you go down these sets of stairs. Great barbecue, like yeah, amazing barbecue. Yeah, um, yeah, they had it set up for us. It was they took it so seriously, man. It was um, yeah, barbecue's a way of life over there. I mean, like it's it's across like the south, but like mm-hmm. barbecue's like. But they had like each team was you know, you know, hunkered down in their own booth area. Yeah, and we were judges. And like, so like there was everyone at the contest or just striker. We had our own group, okay. but there's like different groups and you'd sign up for different windows yeah. and you would only go to three. Like that's, that was the downside. Like I wanted to yeah. try way more than three, but they took you to each one. And then each, each one would have like a leader, uh, kind of walking you through what they would do. And it's kind of funny how the different teams would like try to suck up to you to get a good rating. It's like it was super they hot out. To suck up to you there. Yeah, yeah. So the first guy we didn't like because they made us sit outside on tables that were like not shaded. Damn, dude. And they didn't give free alcohol, which I didn't care about. But like the rest of our group is drinking, and they're like, yeah. So um, they just gave us samples and gave us some story about how theirs was like super unique. And then the next one, they they had tent, and then they had fans blowing on us. They said, guys, we don't want to waste your time. First things first, we're to get you all shots for free. <laughs> so they gave everybody shots. And then they gave like extra food, and then they gave like what that we were supposed to be sampling, yeah. and they were trying to suck up to us and be chill. And yeah, and then the third group was probably the best because they were like highest integrity. Like they pampered us a little, but they said we're not gonna. This isn't a dog and pony show. We're just gonna, right. We're, we're gonna, gonna let the. You, but they didn't put sauce on it. They're like, we believe they did sauceless Q. Sauceless Q. Oh my god! And they said we believe in the integrity of the, the meat, the meat itself, the smoke, the, the rub, bro. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. That's and what I, I love. was most impressed by the third one, and I think I voted for them. But if oh, yeah, I man. think our group was split, I think you, half you of don't remember like, their dude, names. Let's go over the ones that gave us free booze, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been to almost. We've been to pretty much every big barbecue spot you have in memphis i mean yeah we've okay. been there for two years and oh, so yeah. 
yeah. we've been to probably most every big one. We probably need to start going to like the little ones because that's yeah. where you find like the crazy good stuff. So you you know your way around Memphis by now, like this. Oh yeah, I mean like I can get there without GPS. The main big city that you you frequent. Oh yeah, definitely right now. Yeah, I mean I can definitely get there without. Uh, I can get around without a GPS, and like downtown's pretty easy to navigate. Yeah, that's and, impressive. Um, there's like outside of downtown, but the bar that I do comedy at there, it's called um, the Lamplighter Lounge. Lamplighter. Shout okay. out to the Lamplighter Lounge. Yeah, <laughs> they. Um, it is. Imagine uh, the auditorium. Okay. But low budget as possible, right? Because like. The odds pretty low budget. No, yeah, but the auditorium is like very like it is manicured in such a way that makes it appear grunge. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, like they have like stapled baby doll heads around the door or whatnot. Right, <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. Like they have like cool like like they have cool lacquered arts. like yeah, they yeah. have like lacquered porno playing cards yeah. for the bar or whatnot. Yeah. Um It's curated to what it Yeah, it's yeah. curated yeah, yeah. And they have like nice, like tasteful like Art on the walls as far mm-hmm. as like like actual murals that have been painted and whatnot. Yeah, the odd Tuesdays at nine. Yeah, it's great in Asheville. James, James Harrod. I think hit that Cody up. actually Cody Hughes, another friend of the pod, or again friend of the pod, is uh, hosting it tonight. I think I saw. Is all he? That. Yeah, okay. he's hosting that tonight. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, but <laughs> so in this place, it's uh, most of the decorations are like stapled to the wall or stuck with like scotch tape. <laughs> There's a cutout of James Dean <laughs> and then some like random like Bud Light or Bud Bud Weiser woman yeah. like cutout staple. I can picture this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like super more white trash. No, no, no. It's super grungy like punk. It's a very punk. very okay. punk like grunge type uh it almost bordering on crust punk. Do you know what crust punk is? No. Crust punk is like where you walk by someone in Asheville and they're like have like uh they look really dirty and they have like a a jean jacket with like bobby pins all over it yeah like like, you know they just uh crust punks are like yeah like that but very like you feel kind of dirty when you walk in (laughs) so it's just really i mean i'll say that like i'm you can tell by the way i look i'm like very straight laced Mm -hmm. people that are watching or yeah people watch it right people still watch it yeah Yeah. people watch it so i think (laughs) so uh (laughs) you can tell like i keep my hair pretty trimmed and then yeah my you know I, i'm a straight laced dude i go in there and it's like wow this is pretty wild <laughs> the the door to like the performance space is just a piece of plywood okay <laughs> so to, there is a performance space there's it's, a performance it, like, space. like at the odd yeah. it's, it's separate from the yeah. bar okay um the performance space uh no it's bigger than this apartment but like it's it's a little bit bigger than like Coffee Underground's performance space. Okay. Um, but so describe the comedy there. Is it is it good crowds? How are the comics? Crowd. How do they stack up to Greenville? Like, what's the what's the scoop? I think it has like it's like almost like analogous kind of with Greenville and Asheville. You have your people that are really good. Yeah. You know, you have your people that are um, new. New. You have your people that are like middling. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're like kind of like your me and you that have been doing it for a while that are like, we are right before the main act most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like we might luck out and get a headline or like whatnot, but like, yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, exactly. You have, and then you have your people that are there that are like borderline, like 
maniacs you know what i mean like people that <laughs> are insane yeah crazy. people that are like trying to use like comedy to medicate themselves or like right. they need to be medicated because they think comedy is like what they need to be doing or something right right so um which i mean can make good comedians i mean yeah. I'm not gonna say, but um uh, they yeah so it's a mix of all i mean they have like a con- conservative people that go up that and then they have of course like super liberal people that go up there because it's more of like a punk bar yeah um that's cool they got a and, mix yeah, it's a, I mean, I will say that it's, like, more diverse because it's Memphis. Cause, mm-hmm. So there's, like, a higher, like, black population in Memphis. So there's going to be, like, a lot of more mm-hmm. uh, uh, black comedians. Yeah. Um, this room, like, I would say is, like, a more of a, a wider room that I've been to in Memphis. I've been to rooms that are much more, like, uh, much more like a what you would stereotypically call, like, a black room. Kind yeah, of. sure. So, like, the, I guess, like, the Apollo is what people might yeah. be the most, like, accessible uh-huh. um, example for people. Yeah. Um, Isn't that crazy? I went to, um, I can't remember what I told you. I went to Denver a while back and just went to a mic. And, uh, you go up? Is that yeah. You? Okay. Yeah, I went up. Um, there was probably big list of comics, too. I mean, there was probably, like, 25, 30 people on the list. Yeah. And, um... The weird thing to me, and it's similar to kind of what you're describing, like it being analogous to other scenes. Yeah. And like it was almost like. I analogous mean, means similar for the like people, ana- that, yeah. did, people that didn't go to for like the, college or the people the, that didn't take the SAT. For the idiots out there. <laughs> dumb, I'm just nah. No. Um, so I, people get on me sometimes. Like that happened. <laughs> with, I for, said like. For your big words. Yeah. I said like disarticulated <laughs> last night or something like that. And people were like, "What does that even mean?" I was like, "Dude, I don't know." Like, you say I, it on stage? No, no, no. I said oh, it like before, we, uh, before this. Before oh, those are just comics. No, yeah, it was comics. So they were yeah. shitting on me because I used like a word that's more than two yeah. syllables. Yeah, anyway, I'll, use, I'll use analogous. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so we'll the, go ahead. The, yeah. they're similar, and um, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting there to be starker differences, <laughs> bigger differences between the two. But it was almost like uh, the episode of Seinfeld where uh, the Bizarro Jerry uh, yeah. episode, you know, where Elaine finds like the mirror image of the friend group, George, yeah. Kramer, and Jerry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you even saw similar types of comedy. I mean, I saw like a bearded guy that was insane and kind of alt in the jokes he was doing. I was like, there's, there's kind of a Travis. Yeah. There's kind of, you know, there's the, there's the, the cute single girl who just started there's like the it was like all the same time there's the you could tell her because like all the guy comics were around her like bug yeah oh for sure (laughs) for sure trying to hit on him you know whatever and uh i was like you know it's the same thing just manifesting in different parts of the country like there's not which kind of is depressing in a way i like to feel like our scene is like you know special and the people here are unique and stuff they are but like they're still doing the same sport of open mic comedy and it's yeah. it's gonna it's kind of like i don't know i kind of equated it to like playing a different a team in a different conference yeah you it's know? the same plays everyone's doing a yeah everyone's doing a wing you know every, you know everyone, everybody's got a wing tee <laughs> yeah everyone's, yeah everyone has like a bulldog play and everyone has like a flea flicker yeah, you know like, on the spread but they're still playing football it's the same yeah yeah, it's, yeah and every team has like their je ne sais quoi right like yeah. every team has like you have your Running teams, you yep. have your throwing teams, you have your teams that can do like yeah. both and just kill you. Have your you. teams that suck. Your defensive teams, yeah. Your so teams I mean, yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. You have your teams that like shouldn't even be like in shouldn't the, even be. Yeah, yeah they should like, just disband. Yeah, yeah. But it, I guess it's comforting in a way that it's the same because like if it wasn't similar in any respect, then like you couldn't go to another place and continue to do the yeah. thing. Um, 
definitely you have to adapt i guess and, and yeah and, I th- and funny's funny right i think funny is funny mm-hmm. and so and i think that most people everywhere are gonna like find the same things funny because the way that we're experiencing the world now like in a like a globalized sense like mm-hmm. you can make jokes about any like i can go i can go from here in south carolina and make like a joke at, on stage in london mm-hmm. and as long as i do it in the correct way but the 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 content of the joke is the same. Yeah. People are going to think it's funny. You For know? sure. So, Does everything you do here work in Memphis? Pretty similar. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really do many Greenville centric jokes, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say like everything that I do in Greenville works in Memphis. I think that even here, I think that, and you probably, I don't know, you, you probably do this more than me, but, or maybe you do. I'm not, I'm not going to prescribe that to you, but, um, you like cater what you're saying. You what you cater your jokes to the room, right? Like there are jokes that I do at Coffee Underground that I would like never put on stage at the Comedy Zone because mm-hmm. it's a different crowd at the Comedy Zone. One and yeah. two, it's like that's more of a stakes of failure are higher to me at the Comedy exactly. Zone. Exactly, like the, the, the stage is the stage is raised up three feet and that increases the stakes. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, no, but there yeah, there is some sort of like feeling of like. This is the laugh factory, right? Like yeah. this is like you know this is this is our comedy, the comedy seller, or you know this is what this is like the big the big leagues kind yeah. of, which is it's still just a mm-hmm. still still just a mic kind of, yeah. But it yeah. feels so much more important because you have a logo behind you that says Comedy Zone, and that yeah. feels like official, right? Yeah, for you know, sure. and and I would never put like stuff around. that there are jokes that I do, or I, and I would only put jokes on stage. In Ash in in Asheville, that I feel more com- like I feel the crowd there might like, and I kind of like cater myself. I'm not a very, sure. I'm not a very conservative person, but I would say that I like toe a line of being like irreverent, and that might mm-hmm. not play as well in in Asheville. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's things that there are things in Asheville that I I can do. I can do more like of a zany, weirder joke there, mm-hmm. but. I, Where that I couldn't do the, here. Yeah, they may not have the patience at a comedy zone stage, yeah. depending on how yeah. zany the premise is. Exactly. So, um, yeah. I mean, and then if you go to things like the the Laughing Skull in Atlanta, you're only going to take stuff that you like, you know, is going to hit, right. right? So for sure, that's. I mean, that's one big part of comedy. I think is, <laughs> and it takes. I mean, it takes. Um, it takes someone to learn, right? Like it takes like you a year or so to learn, like yeah. To be to get a more discerning taste of your own jokes to yeah. be, is this joke working or how can I if it's not how can I make it work or should I just like yeah only do this joke in one room mm-hmm. and not try to force it down a, the throats of someone who of the some of of a crowd who's like not feeling it, you mm-hmm. know like who I know won't feel it because like you know there's a certain type of person who comes to this show for sure and not yeah so it, I think that's like part of comedy is like learning. But then again, I feel like some comics would say, "Funny's funny. I'm going to do what we I'm have friends. Get... We have friends like that that are like, I'm going to do what I want to do wherever I want to yeah. do it. And you know what? Those comics, some of them kill. Yeah. And they're better comics than me and you, I would yeah. say. Yeah. But some of them are also like, I don't know, buddy. Like maybe you yeah. should like rethink your uh, your play strategy. Totally, dude. One. Totally. I'm actually trying personally to shift into that where I'm like, fuck the stage. I'm doing what I want and. And it's it's hard, dude. I have bombed like 
pretty hard at odds. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, no, you're no. good. No, no, I mean, no, no, we, no, we all sure. bomb. We all bomb. So no, 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 hundred percent. But like, because I, I, I kind of used to be like, okay, I'm gonna take stuff that's pretty ready, to add, and it'd be fine. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of more so like, okay, if I got something out of it at coffee on a Monday, I'm gonna try and take it to the odd, and I've gotten burned because yeah. it's just like you don't have the same, you know, maybe friendly. You know, you, you'll some people don't know noise you there, from right? the back of the room from the comics. Oh, and that from the can, comics, that yeah. can kinda help cascade forward and yeah. make the joke kinda and uh <laughs> I still like it, man. I still like risking bombing and um you there's know, trying certain, something. There's a certain rush, right? 'Cause like it's it's like um it's like Thelma and Louise like skidding right at yeah, the like, end before it. they go over it. I'm going Well yeah, it's like it's like you, you know, as a comic you're just like you're telling these jokes like you can feel yourself slipping on stage. Like if you're mm-hmm. after you've been doing it for a while, you can feel yourself like yeah. These people are not. And if you lose confidence, with me. yeah, exactly. You can let it affect your oh, yeah. your that, physiology, and oh, yeah. your face starts to flush. And then you're like, then you're yeah. So as I mean, soon as they tell you're nervous, you're like, yeah, exactly. It's over. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. Um, dang, I had this really good like point to make about that about um, trying new material in a room that's. Maybe yeah, well, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, I think there's something to. I, I used to do that too, and I still do that to some extent. That like, I've been doing newer jokes here mm-hmm. um, since I've got back, and if it gets an okay laugh at at Underground, mm-hmm. I do want to go try it in Nashville because it's like, can I try this now? You have yeah, to try it, right? Like, you have sure. to like say like, let me go do this at the Odd, or let me go. And it's weird, like even in a town like Asheville, like the Odd and. Asheville Music Hall are mm-hmm. totally different, like totally different spots to go to. A hundred percent. And um, I know some comics that won't do the odd because it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a different it, it's a different type of person there. Like, they're, and and they're also like right in your face, and it's pretty well lit. So like, yeah, a bomb you can tell yeah. really <laughs> hurts at the odd if you you know because it's just people staring. They're clearly hearing what you're saying and not fucking with it, and it's like. Yeah. You can As like see their, music you can hall, see you their grimacing little, or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As opposed to music hall, there's a little bit of like you can see the front row, but like beyond it, there's kind of like I, I always feel I like that it's well lit. Like and at I know my odd. face is well lit oh, at, at uh, music uh, hall. Music hall, yeah. You you kinda like I don't know, I, sometimes I feel like I I like deliver the joke into the void with confidence and it's worked enough to where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna fucking and I'm not, you know staring at blank faces and four rows in front of me like it is sometimes at the uh yeah at the odd but and i think it's good to get it's good to um maybe get that part of you that will do that like we'll go into a joke your jokes anywhere and you're because it's that, it's yeah. one for young comics it's so i think it's important it's better to it's so important to bomb like early yeah. right because there are some comics that come in and they're just like, ball. They're great, you know. They're great. They're like, you see them for the first time. Some of these comics come in, and I'm like, this is your first time. I can't believe this. Like, there have yeah, been a few people like that for sure, dude. And I'm like, this person is gonna do really well early on. Mm-hmm. And but then after you get through like those five pages that you've written mm-hmm. or whatnot, and you have to like start these other jokes, like how is it? How is it gonna flesh out? So it's like, may you know, I. I would rather someone come in and like just be like god awful their first like couple year like their first year or whatnot yeah. right and like bomb and bomb and bomb and bomb mm-hmm. and 
because it gets you comfortable with it. It gets you yeah. comfortable with the awkwardness. Like, yeah, that's like something that comedy's helped me with is like be more comfortable with awkward situations yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, because that's like I feel like that's a, a big thing with like guys our age and like our guys our age in this current like yeah, uh, <coughs> excuse me, guys our age in this like current thing is like dating happens online mostly. Yeah, so it's weird to go up to a girl and be like yeah it's like super risky right it's like it's like you can either like fly high or you can like crash and burn yeah and you're doing it sober so i can only imagine like yeah i'm doing that's why i'm doing like seven miller deeps i'm doing like seven millers deep you know but i can only imagine Mm -hmm. doing it sober Mm -hmm. so and i you know um that's another so you think guys today uh, that's an interesting kind of point uh because a lot of it is online and there's a lot of emphasis today on uh, maintaining kind of an image that is is pristine in a way yeah. you don't really want to, you know, broadcast your flaws or enter it, that that may make guys in general or or women well, I think too. It, have I a think lot it's of both. I think it's everybody. Yeah, they yeah they have this pressure to keep up appearances and anything that takes you out of that is like yeah terrifying. Yeah, I think that it's. I mean, it's so being vulnerable on stage. Helps that I think I think Dude, I feel it, that yeah helps that a lot yeah like, I think it probably it, yeah if you could be fearless and then ironically if you can be that indifferent to yeah and I think it has to do it with, makes like, you more it has to do with attractive. like living in your like in the now you know what mm-hmm. I mean like not thinking Sam like, Harris yeah exactly it's like not thinking forward or backward mm-hmm. but I feel like that the whole like be feeling awkward like talking to people like it being online and whatnot is like one dating's moved online our mm-hmm. jobs have moved online mm-hmm. like. There's not, we don't get as much human interaction as say like we did, our parents did, our, mm-hmm. and definitely our grandparents did. So yeah. it's created like a, we interact, well, I won't say human interaction. I'll say face-to-face human, inter- human interaction because yeah. we interact with humans are just like behind a computer screen, mm-hmm. <laughs> which like depersonalizes the person I think. Yeah, for sure. And so I think, but I think I've actually just got done reading this book today by Malcolm, um, Ma- Malcolm Gladwell, a podcaster and author. And I think, yeah, like, Gladwell's historian. huge. Um, what book it's called uh, understanding strangers or talking to strangers I feel really bad because I really did just finish it like an hour ago um, that's enough to get it you know, Malcolm Gladwell yeah, something to strangers yeah it's like understanding strangers something like that but okay. it talks like it, it's a bunch of different parts of the book but he talks about um, it, he opens it up with like talking about Sandra Bland um, the uh, African American woman who got shot uh, or no, she didn't get shot. I'm so stupid. I'm so she uh she was in a police she was in an altercation with a police officer after being stopped, mm-hmm. and she had a lit cigarette and the t- cop told her to get it to throw it out, mm-hmm. and she didn't. And then things got physical. He probably like he def not probably I'll say he definitely crossed the line. Probably he definitely crossed the line, mm-hmm. and uh she ended up like hanging herself in her um cell. A couple of days later, and I don't know if because of how the cop treated her in that interaction. So that's so get get that's what he talks about talking to strangers and like understanding people on a different level and like yeah. getting and getting and like giving people more grace a little you know giving people mm-hmm. a little more grace and uh, talks about she had like eight thousand dollars in like traffic violations or something like that mm-hmm. just like from having a crappy car to like I yeah. think it was a crappy car and like yeah. speeding and whatnot she had like these terrible interactions with police mm-hmm. um she had just like lost her baby like two years previously or something like that mm-hmm. um she, this other stuff was happening she had moved from like Chicago or Illinois or Indiana maybe to um 
to Texas, like East Texas, Plainview mm-hmm. State, and um, she felt nervous. And like the cop read like her nervousness, her like fidgetiness, and like she had just been in like Plainview, Texas, like a day and a half or something like that. Saw her like fidgetiness and like her aggravatedness, like, and was like, "Oh, this person is doing something bad." Mm-hmm. And he stopped her for like failing to signal or something like that. Mm-hmm. And because he didn't pick up or like he didn't like he immediately jumped to like bad person yeah or or, or, dr- or drugs or, or, or yeah something. or doing something bad mm-hmm. no i won't even say bad person he jumped, jumped like oh this person is doing something bad mm-hmm. um he and didn't read the situation or think about other parts of the situation uh and she had dealt with like mental issues like she had like a bunch of like self-harm scars and mm-hmm. so that so she definitely had mental anguish mm-hmm. and then she ended up uh killing herself in the in the jail cell a few days later and he talks about there's a bunch of like he talks about spies quite a bit actually talks about spies and how um there were a few instances there was like they caught there was a defector from cuba Mm -hmm. in like the i won't try to uh, ascribe like a decade but defected from cuba to america Mm -hmm. and the (laughs) the he comes to the embassy uh he comes to the he was he was uh Cuban embassy worker, like intelligence worker in Mm -hmm. Czechoslovakia, I think. Mm -hmm. And he then went from, he like snuck his girlfriend out of the country because she didn't have a passport. Okay. She was, she was a Cuban citizen as well. But when a Cuban works abroad, the Cuban embassy keeps your um, passport. So you can't like escape. Okay. You can't like leave a country to escape Cuban, the Cuban Mm -hmm. regime. So he has his passport because he's a intelligence officer and he has to move around quite mm-hmm. frequently. But she doesn't have her. He like puts her in the wheel well of his car and like leaves, goes to Austria, I think, goes to the American embassy in Vienna, Vienna shows up. Immediately they are like get him on a plane to America and he's like talking to these interrogators and whatnot. He like basically uncovers like all these different, basically every agent, every like secret agent that America thought they had in um cuba mm-hmm. the cubans had um intercepted basically and like uh given them enough money to turn them oh wow so okay. yeah and then it also talked about so none of the spies it, americans thought they had in cuba were actually on yeah so they like anymore. yeah they basically they could, to cuba because they had essentially yeah, yeah. so they they it but it wasn't americans i think it was like cuban nationals that they were like okay. persuading or something or mm-hmm. something like that or they had brought in Cuban Americans mm-hmm. and brought them into Cuba somehow, okay. and they did, uh, talked about how they flipped them and how how did the most the most advanced intelli- intelligence agencies in the world, America's intelligence agencies, not be able to tell that these yeah. people were flipped, yeah, and like these people were just like it was talk. It talks a lot about telling lies, like telling a, how to tell a person that like telling lies and all this other stuff. Um, but the, how did they get to this? The, no, no. I think it ties the, into what you were saying about how the uh, um, person-to-person interaction. Oh yeah, the person. Yeah, we just like don't know how to like. We don't know how to do that, and that's like maybe yeah. an ex- example of how, it, it how easily yeah. people can miss things. Like we were already bad at this, and we were like this was like yeah. the sixties and seventies, and now and, we're even worse. At, yeah, like, now we're at, even like, worse. Reading people and judging people. Yeah, of course. So the lesson is, um, maybe. And let me know if this is the conclusion of the book, but to pause and and take the time to really understand a person yeah exactly and ask a lot of questions yeah like take because that the context is 
Yeah, and uh, I think critical. it's not even maybe ask the questions. It might it could be it could be ask questions, but it could also be like oh, I'll say it could not like outward questions. It could be like introspective questions of like why do I feel this way or like what makes me feel that this person is dangerous or what makes me trust this person. Right. And it talks about how gen- generally humans fault to trust. Basically, it talks. They default to trust. Yeah. They, so we're we're more trusting than we maybe. Oh yeah, definitely. Be. They talk about. Um, there's a big part of the, or not a big. There, there's a section of the book that's uh, about Bernie Madoff mm-hmm. and his Ponzi scheme. Yep. Um, yep. And how <laughs> this one guy kind of was like, "Yo, these people like he's a total fraud." Five years before he got like. Mm-hmm. caught he mm-hmm. was basically told his company like hey i think this guy's a fraud yeah i think we should divest from like this uh whatever he was was that enron what was it uh i don't know if he was with enron yeah i think enron was a different but they situation. were like take your money out of this i was like thing. seven i think yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, arguably i should not even have known what enron was at the time yeah, but yeah. i had pbs as a kid but uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i so uh talks about how despite all of these b- b- glaring issues with Bernie Madoff and mm-hmm. how he was trading um I think he was trading dividends I think that's mm-hmm. uh, part of it the guy went to these people that he knows he would be trading dividends with like the amount of 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 uh dividends he was trading he would have to go through these certain banks and he had friends at these banks he's like hey what's going on with this and they were like yeah this dude isn't trading these the, I don't know what you're talking about yeah and <laughs> he was he in but despite all of those blaring, glaring issues, he went to like the FCC or the FTC or whatever, you know, whatever. FDIC. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 whoever whoever will be over that. Yeah. FCC is the communications. Common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, communications Commission. F- uh, FDIC insured yeah, deposits. Yeah. It, I think, or FDIC or the, se- or the SEC Security Exchange Commission. Yeah, I think that's it. Might be one. SEC. <laughs> um, I'm gonna work in government, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, but uh, I know all about the. I'm just that <laughs> no. could be totally wrong. Somebody. I, I, yeah, I think it is the SEC, but they, he goes to this this advisory board and he's it, like, "Yo, it, check this dude out." Yeah, and they're like, "Uh, they're like, whatever. Uh, we don't give a damn. Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> like, and uh, basically, all these people they didn't were giving, even look into it. I the regulators from, didn't even. I can. I mean, I don't remember them talking that much about that. They uh-huh. could have left that out of the book, but it seemed like they kind of blew the dude off. Yeah, and wow. then. Um, lo and behold, he, then, then, there was actually a huge problem with it. Yeah, and he, I mean, so it talks about like these people that feel so trusting to this dude mm-hmm. and uh, giving their money despite all of these like terrible things that are going on. It talks about yeah, there's there's like a test that there's like a study where people were, it's like uh me and you, like, it was uh, it was a person you would be like. Hey, do you want to go take this like trivia quiz? Mm-hmm. For, like two hundred to to get two hundred bucks if you get every question right. Yeah, you know, take you into this room. All right, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It is. <laughs> uh, it was. It was the person. The person that was being tested uh-huh. knew that they were taking a psychological test. Okay. Knew that they, they knew that they were going to be part of a psychological study. Uh-huh. Keep that in mind. So they go into this room, mm-hmm. and they're told, "You have a partner here." You and this partner are part of this study. We want you to answer all of these trivia questions, and we'll pay you uh, if you get these this amount right. We'll pay you this. If you get this amount right, we'll pay you this. If you get this amount right, we'll pay you this. And they work together with the other. They person? work together with this. It's, it's like just them in the room, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so they have a proctor. The proctor sitting there telling them how to do it, 
and is watching them take the test. Someone comes and gets the proctor. Like, they're like, hey, can you come can you come here real quick? Mm-hmm. And the person that they're taking the quiz with actually isn't a t- isn't part of it. They are. So they're a plant. They're a plant. Okay. And the person says, "Hey, get that folder that says answers on the table. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get this money for sure." Yeah. And they're. I think it said like something like thirty three percent of the people actually got the. Um, went along with it and grabbed uh, the answer. Yeah, went along with it and grabbed the, which is, I guess, is a good rate. Like one third of people are like, yeah, willing to do some low risk activity that, mm-hmm. to get money. I guess that's fine. So sixty six percent of them Didn't. said no. Yeah, we should just take it. So sixty six percent said, yeah, leave it there. I don't want to do that. I'm a a trustworthy person or whatever. Yeah, or I don't want money. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, don't know. But so. <laughs> After the fact, they're interviewed by the person. They're interviewed. Mm-hmm. They're interviewed after the fact, and they they're asked like point blank, "Did anyone cheat during the exam?" <laughs> and some people lie and they say, "No, no one cheated during the exam." I think everyone that stole the answers lied. Ah, oh, holy shit! So everyone that stole thirty three percent of people that dude that's not cheated even cheated and lied. That's not that that isn't even the best part of this study. Okay, because it's a double. It's kind of a double like study. Is mm-hmm. I think it's so. They cheated and lied, and they are asked, like, when we ask your partner, what are they going to say? And sometimes they they lie. Are they Because so they're, they're asked one-on-one? Well, the other person isn't asked because they're a plant. Right. Well, I guess they are asked, like, hey, does this motherfucker cheat? But like, yeah. They don't, you know what I mean? Uh, they, so they're asked, like, what is this person going to say? And they say, um, they say, well, this person's probably going to say the same thing I did. So these people, some people aren't good liars, right? So like you can, you know, so they uh-huh. have certain tells or whatnot. So they use these video recordings and get other subjects to come in and say, which of these people are lying? Uh-huh. And the people that watch the videos can barely tell who is lying wow. because they're so trusting of everyone. Wow. Now, it doesn't make sense to be super trust. Like, it doesn't make sense to be so trusting because like, Two out of three people are not going to do it, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's a study about can you tell when someone's being untrustworthy, right? And um, Dang. yeah, people were so bad at it. Yeah, it's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. It's a cool book. I would I would recommend it to mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people. It actually it's oh, gonna make man. make people ultra paranoid about everything. There's a part about like Jerry Sandusky. Oh about, God, uh, that's probably heavy. Oh yeah, it's super. It's I. I was like a senior when it happened, I think, or mm-hmm. maybe a junior. I think. Well, so it happened over like a twenty-year span, or it happened like it's the one. The big incident was like in two thousand or two thousand one, mm-hmm. that area, and then it kind of got uncovered like ten years later. But it was also uh, allegedly. Or I can say he was convicted. I think so. It def- it happened in the nineties too. Yeah, Jerry Sandusky, assistant football coach at Penn State. Yeah, he was like the defensive coordinator. He was like yeah, a big deal. And he was molesting children. Yeah. At football camps. At football camps. Well, in, in like gaining their trust and like becoming part of their lives essentially like mm-hmm. a second father to them almost. Mm-hmm. And um it talks about how he was kind of caught in like 2000 and the some the reason Joe Paterno and so many people lost their jobs mm-hmm. was cuz like someone said something to him. Someone right. said something to Paterno mm-hmm. and it got thrown up the chain and no one did anything. Yeah. And no one really investigated it. And there are some 
there's some conflicting stories about like what exactly did this person report mm-hmm. to this guy some some say that he reported just hearing sounds in the locker room mm-hmm. like of slapping and then some people uh re- some some he the the guy who said he, the guy who testified to this he says that he saw the actual act or mm-hmm. whatnot mm-hmm. and that aside it talks about how people were so trusting of Sandusky yeah. with their children and like with and even like Joe Paterno and the Penn State administration were so trusting of Sandusky mm-hmm. and all that and it also talks about a it's not what's the guy's name who uh the Michigan State uh doc, like gymnastics doctor oh it talks about that too yeah that's a cra- that's even crazier man because it was going on like while parents were in the room <laughs> parents were in the room yeah so he was a doctor he was like a team doctor and he was like i think i think michigan state is like a big school for or i think there is a big gymnastics community there i think so too i mean i'm from there i should know that yeah that's like your own competitive yeah competitive cheer is huge there as well as gymnastics i bet i mean so so i think a bunch of girls either were in michigan and they were they were around the area and just because of the culture of the area, they got into gymnastics or people mm-hmm. moved their kids to this area. So he, he was part of this program and because what was of, he doing, what, what was he doing? He was a doctor. He was like a teen. Like, he was I like know, a, but what was he doing? That was, I don't know if we can say it exactly, but he was like digital. I'll say I'll use like the medical terms. I guess like he was like digitally penetrating yeah. these young girls and like, so, like very young girls and, um, like nine, ten, eleven, shit. Um, and like up through puberty. So I think that I think that I believe that is the story. Yeah. Um, and uh, Larry Nass, Larry Nasser, Larry Nasser. That's it. I was want to say Jerry Nadler. Yeah. Which is like a weird, like bizarre version. Yeah, of that yeah, name, yeah. But it's not Nadler. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. I think Nadler's a senator or something. But anyway, um, this is so fucked. Up. No, it it is. But, but uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no. I uh no I I didn't really have a lot to add but uh, I um that's normal right he he got he got locked up though right he got oh, yeah he got the he got locked up yeah. um but it talks about how people like parents were in the room during these exams mm-hmm. and so I, so I want to say that that is like an so apparently there is a exam or a technique where doing that um relieve some sort of back pain or like helps align the spine better for this. But Nadler was doing it like at such frequent intervals Mm -hmm. and across so many cases, across so many like young women Mm -hmm. that it was an issue. And like, yeah. Um, was not asking for consent to do it either, which is a big deal, like in yeah. the medical industry as well as like mm-hmm. just digitally penetrating yeah, on your own time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, I mean, but, it, it speaks to like two things, the trusting of the parents as well as the um, the boldness of the um, perpetrator yeah. to do it, like to, to, to just be so willfully blind to the possibility of even being caught. It's like, w- what are you thinking? I get, yeah, I mean, that's part of the thing. It's like he's, he knows he has these people's trust, right? right. Like he knows he has these people's trust. Yeah, but, it's the worst part <laughs> of humanity yeah. really yeah definitely i mean yeah um but <laughs> i didn't i didn't know this until yesterday while i was listening to this book 
I'm listening to this part about Jerry Sandusky. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Sandusky has a autobiography that came out in like 2001 or 2002 or something like that. Okay. The name of this autobiography is Touched, the Jerry Sandusky story. Hand to God, this is, I, I looked it up. I, was, I did not believe it. I was like, this is made up. This is fake news. Dude. Looked it up. This is the name of this. I like... <laughs> That's almost like a cry for help from him to want to be caught. He's like, like I'm that. telling you. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, it's like two options. It's like he it's a cry for it's like a cry it's like a cry for help or like I'm just so bold. And then mm-hmm. there's also the the possibility right. that's like not probably the answer is like everything was untoward. Like it was like he wasn't actually doing any of this and like it's true that it was like kind of a ruse. Yeah. But I would wager to guess that he actually did this you know what yeah. i mean so yeah but it's but um it's yeah um that's fucked up but yeah uh all that to say like i don't know at today's age of social media and uh you know less human interaction like we may be even more prone to being victims of stuff like that oh, yeah. i guess you there know are people with that... our inability to connect read people i perceive mean, true intentions uh, it's not like completely the same thing, but like old people are tricked by yeah scam callers all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're you know um, they're in uh, I think it's called like hum- oh gosh I cannot believe like it's called human engineering or something like that mm-hmm. where there's people that just like are so pers- like they'll s- they do it over and over again and eventually like someone's gonna be the mark mm-hmm. right. And some people are really good at like people. Some people use that for like fun things. Like I'm just going to ask to get like a free room at this hotel or something like that. Yeah. Like, eventually someone's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like I want to yeah. ask for a free upgrade from this like stewardess or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And someone's going to do it. Um, those are fun. There's yeah. things that like fleece old people out of like, like tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Uh, you ever been scammed by anything? So I actually do have a, this will, yeah, I actually do have a really, uh, when I first started Ubering, when I, I, I'm an Uber driver on the side. I drove. I quit my job to go to law school and like go study for the LSAT, and then Ubering is how I made my money. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so, and so uh, I Uber now still um, during school on the weekends, and then during my now on the weekends, so I can make some extra cash. Anyway, uh-huh. um, when I. I had I had this week where I, I had this one day, and back in like 2020 or 2021 when I first started Ubering, or no, it was 2020. Excuse me, back in 2020 and 2021 when I first started Ubering, it was crazy money. It uh-huh. was like I was pulling in like two thousand dollars a week sometimes. Holy like, shit! Yeah, cra- like cra- like crazy money. Mm-hmm. You would they would go de- like down like they would have uh, on the weekends. You would do like you could do sixty rides and get like. Eight hundred, nine hundred dollar mm-hmm. bonuses, mm-hmm. which is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, this is like easy money. I would come down on a Friday afternoon at like two o'clock and just mm-hmm. do downtown all night until two a.m. Mm-hmm. and get like thirty rides and be halfway done, and mm-hmm. then do thirty rides on Saturday. Yeah. Um. So there was one week where I had to go in for some reason on Saturday. I didn't get to go out on Saturday, so I was working out. I was working on a Sunday, and I was so close to getting these 60 rides i think i think i i think i might have had a goal for the week mm-hmm. and after that i'd gotten i'd completed the 60 ride goal or something like that 
but I had a monetary goal to reach, and I hadn't reached that. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I'm like a few rides away from reaching it because like the average ride is like on like ten dollars is like the average ride I think uh-huh. um for the driver uh-huh. to get money from. So, at least in the Greenville market. So the uh, I get this ride. Mm-hmm. It tells me, "Hey, can you call me?" I like I get a ride. I I accept. Says, "Hey, can you call me?" Mm-hmm. And uh, I I need to talk about my pickup or something. And I'm like, "Okay, this is this seems like sort of normal." I yeah. call, and it's this. I got like I'm a smart dude. I'm in law school. I think I'm smart at least. Like I'd <laughs> like to think that I'm like at least above average intelligence, right? right, right. <laughs> like I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. So I get this call and I, or I call them and um, it's this other person on the end. It's, uh, they're taught where he says, Hey, this is um, Uber support. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a new method that we're using to check, to make sure that everyone is uh, using the correct car. Cause we've had problems in your area of people driving like a different car than what's loaded to the app that or i think it was more along the lines of like people are driving for other people so like you would be driving mm-hmm. in my stead and mm-hmm. i'm and so they were like okay i was like okay they're like we just need to to corroborate some things or and um oh no I, yeah so i was like okay no big i mean like this makes sense this this in my mind i was like this would make sense again because i'm a we default to trust and i shouldn't have defaulted to trust in this but um the guy asked me like my license plate number. I was told him my license, my, um, and I told him like my name and my email address or something like that. And maybe my phone number. I forget. Damn. No. Okay. Yeah. I felt like, so dude, I felt like it felt like I was like taking it. it I was taken advantage of cause I was, mm-hmm. I was like completely taken advantage of. So it happens. I remember like the road, I remember the road that I was on when I started call. like, I was up above near where Jones Barbecue is now or mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, like on that road, like Buncombe Road, coming Buncombe Street, coming toward downtown. Mm-hmm. So I get this call. I get it, and I like go through all these steps, and then click. They hang up, and then I like I'm like what the f-? I just, like try to reload, and I try to like look on my app. I've been locked out of my app completely, and I immediately know like something is terribly wrong. So I'm like. I'm freaking I'm like I, like you said earlier like I'm a pretty even kill person and I think I might be even kill because I like just like repress a bunch of shit mm-hmm. and so like I completely fall off the, I completely just go fly off the handle I'm mm-hmm. like cursing I'm like punching my steering wheel and shit like t- like just fucking going off on this and um <laughs> uh I call my mom. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's who you call. Yeah, well, like, you I, well, call. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, that's I mean, what I, I would call. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Like, I call my mom and I'm like, I'm just yelling. And she like, she hates when I like curse or whatnot. Like most mothers. And I'm just like going in on it. I'm saying like, I hate myself and all. She, she also hates when I say I hate myself or something like that. I'm yeah. just like, I hate myself. I'm so stupid. I can't believe this. I'm I'm also like saying like I'm gonna hunt these people down. Yeah. I'm like yeah. going like Liam Neeson. I'm like I'm gonna hunt these people down and kill them. Like yeah. I'm going to India to get these motherfuckers. Like yeah. <laughs> and um uh they so 
I was like, just I had eighteen hundred dollars, like ready to like transfer out of my account, mm-hmm. which is like that's a lot. That's yeah, that's, that's like more than though. some people make in a month. Like, uh, yeah. like I would say, like that's probably like right at maybe the like right below median yeah. income, maybe yeah. in the country. Like you know, like mm-hmm. if you're making eighteen hundred dollars a month, yeah. you're living above the poverty level. For I sure. Think. So it's like for sure. I was, and that was for a whole week, and I was super just. I was like mad as hell. Yeah. But I calmed down. I contact Uber. I think I contacted Uber the next morning because it was like Uber's this like tech company that's not like twenty four hour service or like yeah, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that's weird anyway. So I call them the next morning and they like get me all squared away and I have to like prove to these people that you are not. that I am who I am again. And so I'm already feeling like mm-hmm. kind of like raw that I don't want to tell these people other information and I'm like God. And so, yeah. but I get yeah. my money back. I get my I get I get my money back. Like I was worried. The worst thing I was worried about is like not getting that money. Yeah. And because I was living like I was saving up for co- I was saving up for law school and like mm-hmm. having to pay off debt I had here and mm-hmm. paying off my car and like if I didn't get that money that week I wouldn't be able to Uber as much the next week and like mm-hmm. all this other stuff and so um I was most worried about the money and I was worried like oh Uber's not going to care like they're ter- like it's a like they don't care about their drivers or whatnot like they're going to you know, they're they're not going to give me my money, but they're just going to say tough titties and like mm-hmm. throw me to the wolves. Thankfully, they didn't say they, that. They thank, up. thank you, Daddy Uber. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you are a merciful God. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I, so I got the money back and it was all, I was all okay. But like, I was so trusting in that moment and yeah. like, I felt super, I just like, like I said, I'm, I hold myself to be like an above average yeah. intelligence yeah. person it can happen you know? to anybody and it and i was just like i can't believe this happened like it's so like i was so perturbed and then i had like I, a cop called like i had because it was over like 1100 dollars or something mm-hmm. like that i had to go and make a police report yeah <laughs> like right out of police report so i'm just like reliving my trauma mm-hmm. like over and over <laughs> writing this out yeah and a cop calls me and it ends up being my friend's dad from like boys boy scouts uh-huh. and, and and i'm just like yeah man i just really mess up. he's like this happens all the time like like it says the numbers from texas they're probably not from texas like mm-hmm. he's like actually you, you wouldn't believe it but like a lot of these things do come out of texas because yeah. like so many people live there mm-hmm. but i man but yeah yeah dude it's uh you drive for, you drive for i drove uber. i drove for uber i drove for lyft before um Never had any any scam issues yeah. like that. I mean, I did it in Atlanta. Atlanta was a great market, but um, were you doing? A, you weren't doing it full time. No, like, I was doing it at night because I didn't yeah. have uh, comedy as a hobby <laughs> on the side. So, yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, it's it's uh, you really missed scams. out of like not doing comedy while you lived in Atlanta. What's that? You really missed out. Like, yeah, yeah, no shit. It's one of my biggest. I I didn't. I wasn't even aware that open mic comedy was that much of a thing. Oh yeah, I mean Atlanta's like probably it's probably like the fourth biggest city to do it, in. or maybe the fifth now with Austin. Yeah, yeah, I, I was mean, there I for know. four years. Yeah, I mean four full years. <laughs> it's such doing, a big yeah. doing jack shit at night. I think it's such a big market drinking. because of like TBS and all those like mm-hmm. things being um, mm-hmm. stationed there. I think that's it makes it a, and a lot of like movies are filmed there, so mm-hmm. you can like go on auditions and do. Uh, commercials and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i think that's why it's a big tyler big perry's studios down there yeah I, think. But, I mean you want to be in good movies right yeah <laughs> hey I'll, I'll be in a tyler perry movie no yeah i guess you can't be discerning i'll be, I'll be when, yeah. when you're at that level they of your, need a white your, guy you know 
Throw me in there, dude. You know what? I don't think. <laughs> Make me. Is there? I don't think I've ever seen a white dude like as a. I, I I can't say I watch a lot of Tyler Perry movies. I, I used to watch as like <laughs> I've watched like a house that pray like a what do you, uh there was one a uh, uh, a house that prays. All I remember is like Big Mama's house. No no no, it's a house that pray like it's about a woman that's like a school. She's abused or whatnot. She gets like smacked over a, like a kitchen counter or some like a kitchen island. It's kind of wild. Okay, but. Yeah, I, I remember there ever being like a white actor in that, like with a like a, with a large speaking role, and yeah. I think that would be like such a funny yeah, role dude. to be in. Cast me in that shit, dude. I'll <laughs> do whatever. <laughs> Tyler Perry should just be like white face. I think for that role, he should just be the white yeah. character, like white um, chicks. Yeah. yeah uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was there four years. Did not do comedy. Uh, I wish I would have, but yeah. it yeah. wasn't until I met Ellen Maloney. Wait, no. Is that her last name? Anyway, Ellen. Sorry. Yeah, you know Ellen. Yeah, yeah. she uh, she, she goes to Brown now, right? Or she went to Brown? I don't. Think. She uh, goes to Brown? No, no, no. Maybe that's a different woman comedian. Oh, I didn't think Ellen. Was <laughs> sp- <laughs> Ellen maybe was smart to go to Brown. Maybe I'm, I'm not smart to go to Brown. Okay. Uh, but she, anyway. the person that I know that went to Brown like went for like Brown doesn't have majors or something like that. Really mm. weird. I'm not sure, but okay. uh, she did like a com- com- comedic studies there, which is why. Oh, which maybe is she did. Cool. Maybe she did. Cool. I don't. know. Anyway, hey, I, I met her. She was the one that introduced me to, to yeah. local comedy here. But uh, but yeah, it's, you met uh, her like through a. I met her at, at Smiley's when I was living in okay. Atlanta. She was this the, one, the yeah this, this person was like eighteen, so I doubt you could have met. Oh okay her. okay yeah, yeah she was in her in her twenties. But yeah. um anyway yeah I didn't even know local comics existed until I met her. She introduced herself to me as a comedian, and I was like, holy shit! You're... And I, at the time, I was like, well, where I, is she now? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think she still lives here, but she doesn't do comedy as much. Or okay, like that. comedian. Yeah, I'm a comedian, I'm a but comedian. I don't I don't do it. Thank anymore. God. Yeah, maybe more of us should be like introducing ourselves as comedians. To I don't inspire know, others, I, but uh, I don't usually. I'm just. I like, think I've only made enough. Mo- I think I've only made enough money through comedy to like buy maybe a PS5. Yeah, <laughs> like not even a about, game, not even a game yeah. like with it, but just like just yeah. the console. I I think so too. And and the only reason I could count that is because I count DJing at the Comedy Zone as comedy income, which is okay. like 20, 30 bucks a shot depending cool. on the night. And yeah. uh so you're just like, yeah. But uh, you know, Big Dave on the ones and twos. Big Dave. That's what I would have called Speaking you. Speaking of on the ones and twos. Dude, I I really want to talk about Rory Scovel. Um Okay. Dude, I am, I am on the Rory Scovel bandwagon train, big time right now. Yeah, big time. He just yeah. had a special come, or he had a special come out like a year ago or less than a year ago. Um, he I the mean, Charleston special, or is that what it's called? Maybe that's an earlier special. I don't even know if that's. I mean, I've, I'm kind of rediscovering and showing him to more people and hear like seeing their reaction to him. And I, I think, I think it's like not a niche thing. Like I think he is one of the funniest guys on the planet. Yeah, and um. <laughs> It kind of gets into like I don't know why I've been trying to like not be as afraid to try you know new material yeah. at any mic because he's so wildly improvisational. Have you seen all of his stuff? I have not. I've watched him when he's come here. I've seen like a few of his stand-up clips. He's funny. He's like hilarious, right? Yeah. Um, and I've seen him. <laughs> have you seen um, Babylon? Not yet. He's in that. I know he's in it. It's wild. Is he funny in it? Not. Or is he not particularly? Just, no. Not. In he's kind of <laughs> just doing what he's supposed to. Yeah. So it. it's weird. So I'm watching this Babylon movie. I know that like it has a star-studded cast, right? 
and I know Tobey Maguire is in it and all. You know, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Tobey yeah. Maguire. Tons, tons of tons of cool people are in it. Uh huh. And I didn't really read like the whole cast list, so I'm sitting there watching this movie, <laughs> and I'm like, "There's that's Rory. Like, there's <laughs> there's no way that this person that has like I have been at an open mic with right now is in this like super this this Damien Chaz- Chazelle movie, you know, like this like." la la land movie yeah it's a big time that's a great movie movie. i really enjoy the movie um it talks it's like kind of like how terrible hollywood is like like you're not it's like the or very early hollywood Uh so it's like moving from silent films to uh to talkies talkies which which are yeah which are great yeah uh, which is i mean it's a it's a great time to think about in Hollywood, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, like the glamour and everything, but it talks about like, like sex and all this like terrible stuff that's going, like women being abused and all this like terrible stuff. And but it's a great movie. But anyway, yeah, Rory is in that. He's in that movie with uh, Amy Poehler and Will Ferrell, like yep. the house house party, or mm-hmm. you know, it's not house party. It's like they have a casino in their house or something mm-hmm. like that. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But you were talking about yeah. Well, just Rory. Um, yeah, we're doing good. Um, is that clock fast? No, I don't think so. But um, I have till like six thirty probably. So. Okay. Um, so yeah, Rory just, dude, like he ruins other comedians for me <laughs> because you see Rory, and the dude is so improvisational, or it appears so. I mean, I know I, I've seen um, him do material where like you'll see the same joke in two different settings. Yeah. So like you know he has material. But just the... Um, Did you tell it the same way? No. I mean... Yeah. No. It's... I mean, the, the words are the same where they need to be. Like, when it comes down to the setup punch, yeah, yeah, it's the yeah, same. Yeah. But everything around it, the lead-in could be different. But when you said on the ones and twos, it reminded me of a set he did on Conan. Uh, <laughs> where he's... So, like, he, early. Or, like, early in his career, more or less. Yeah. I mean, up. this one might not have been that early. I mean, it might have been after 2016. Okay. But uh, he brought this piano player from Greenville who was just playing elevator music behind him. And he's like, that's Adam McFarlane on the ones and twos. Let him hear it. Oh my gosh. And he, these first line I think is like standing ovation. That's nice. It's uh hope the cameras were able to catch that. Like nobody <laughs> stood, and, but he knows the cameras yeah, aren't going to turn. Swiveling, yeah. So he planned a joke that presumably could only be told on a late night. Yeah. And delivered it like, yeah, as his opening line. And it didn't even get a huge laugh. It got like, confused laughter and then they're like oh i see what he's doing that's kind of like an nfl street where you would like run off the wall to like dodge a tackle yeah like they, like it's like so planned or whatnot that you're like it's where you're using something in the environment that's yeah. not usually in your environment yeah yeah it's pretty what cool. is it meta or improv i don't even I know i guess it's meta on some extent or like uh-huh. there's a really good scene in a um i'm gonna fucking out myself right now but there's a scene in a woody allen movie i think it's annie hall okay that, like him and uh woody allen and um Mia Farrow are talking to their respective um, shrinks, their therapist. Uh-huh. And the shot is like up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the shot split is like... Split screen? It's kind of split screen, but it it moves in such a way <coughs> that it's like artistically like showing that they're connected or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good shot. Like yeah. all the terrible shit that he did aside. Right. Uh, not aside. He's a like, good filmmaker. I, I understand that he's a terrible person, <laughs> right? But... But you can't argue the with the cinematography. The movie is so good. The movie, <laughs> like his movies, are so good. His comedy is so good. I'm not gonna like, but yeah. Anyway, 
It is. It's like a meta joke like that. But, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, that's something I don't do. I don't really watch comedy that much. Yeah. I, I think that, I don't know. But I, 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 I do kind of try to do what you're talking about with Rory, the like kind of the improvisational stuff about the jokes might be the same, but like you might get into them mm-hmm. a different way or like you might word them a different way each time. Yeah. I try like a lot of the stuff like on stage that I feel like I do, uh, what I do on stage is like, I never really tell the joke the same way mm-hmm. um, a lot. Yeah. I, I, so you get I, into it in different ways. Yeah. Cause I like, think that's like super important for you to be, to be a master of the craft. Like if you're a, um, because as comedians, this is gonna be a really. I'm gonna sound like a douche, but like, because <laughs> I uh, calling myself a comedian is weird. I'm a comic that does You're this a for goddamn fun. Goddamn comedian. Yeah. So I, I, so I think that comedians are sort of musicians in a way, and like we play the audience. Mm-hmm. And you like just like Jimi Hendrix or like George Harrison or you know has to know has to be able to like feel the guitar and like mm-hmm. understand like the pedals not working right tonight or the strings are a little bit off or um not the 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 input is coming a little loose or like it's not like a, yeah. it's a weird connection they have to like intuit that and they're gonna have to perceive that and be able to change their the their manner of playing yes to, so I feel like if you're gonna be a good comedian you have to be able to like perceive that's like another big wall in comedy is like be able to perceive your audience and like what they're what they want from you and like Mm -hmm. what they need from or what they're getting out of it and what they're giving back to you Mm -hmm. and you do you like perceive that from what they're giving back to you and so for sure you you you, once you understand that and you can use that to go into different go into different jokes like you have like a you know what they're not really feeling these like this line of jokes but i can't really i need to learn i need to have a way to like somersault out of this i have to get a way to like and that's why i try another instrument like if you could carry this metaphor out you'd be like okay this crowd i like to blame the crowd sometimes this this crowd is (laughs) stupid so i need like a a a triangle to just be like ding ding no yes (laughs) look at this yeah or cowbell look at this yeah i think think shitty hack fucking (laughs) yeah premise about you know whatever i think or if they're like appreciate material i might yeah do something i don't know i think i think a better way to like close that metaphor would be like sometimes you just have to hand the guitar off to like your tech and have them fix it up for you kind of and then how do you do that what is the metaphor for i'm I'm saying like you have to be able to hand it off to a different joke because like this guitar is not working to a different joke this guitar is working really and you have to be able to like hand it off smoothly to the guy and like get the other one from him Mm -hmm. uh get the other one from them and um it's um yeah not not everybody likes metal so like if you're doing exactly if you're doing something that sounds like, like changing the music just being able to like why did, I, yeah. I kind of meant like some crowds are down for like oh, yeah. edgy, yeah. Uh, offensive jokes. Definitely. There's definitely an audience. Like I, I picture that like a metal crowd versus like a crowd that's there to see fucking Baby Shark or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you don't want to play a Metallica to yeah. a Baby Shark. So, yeah. But did you ever have any weird like stories from Uber? Oh, um, I don't know. 
Um, I, I famously I, do not have like that many weird stories. Like I, I've done like 3,000 rides. I don't have that many weird stories. Well, the only thing that embarrassed me about when I first started driving for Lyft was my driver rating. They didn't give you, at that time, they didn't give you your driver rating until you had completed X number of rides to show yeah. how many stars you had gotten. So I had done like 10 rides or something. And uh, I was excited to be doing Lyft. So I would try to make conversation with people. Damn. And yeah, you know exactly where this is going. People do not want to be talked to. In I think Ubers you have to, just like playing a crowd as a comedian, you have to be able to like yeah. know when people are going to yeah. want to. Talk. I was like a bubbly fucking golden yeah. retriever, not knowing and, and like talking to everyone. And then when the rating finally updated, it was like. Oh man! In the in the high threes, low fours. Out of fives? Yeah, out of fives. Which, for those of you who don't know, as oh a driver, God, that David. is a fucking terrible. David. Rating. So no, I got to back up, but no, yeah, that takes a lot of work <laughs> to get it back up, though. I like how you know well, I how mean, bad it, that is, and uh, I didn't realize what I was doing wrong, and I re- it was that like you don't want to be speak read the room, don't speak until spoken to. Yeah. So I always, after that, yeah. I was just like ten and two. Not I always two. just I think it's. <laughs> it might be different in a big city like Atlanta, but I always just say this was Charlotte when I was doing it. By uh, okay, I did Lyft before. I lived in Charlotte for two years. But uh, okay, before I'm old um, as fuck, dude. I've been in multiple cities. You're only like six five. I'm only fifty. No, what you're like thirty four, thirty five, thirty four. Okay, yeah. so you're like five years older than me. Yeah. Um, but um, what was I gonna say? Oh, but yeah, I mean, I just I my rule of thumb, I say, hey, how are you doing today? They get in. We go off, and I'm, I'm like, as a comedian, I'm like a really good conversationalist too. And so, mm-hmm. if they want to talk, I'm down yeah. for that, dude. I'm you can't be like Lloyd Christmas and Dumbledore, be like, "Where are you headed?" No, yeah, I mean, I do it at the <laughs> flying somewhere. Here I do it to the, uh, I sit at the airport a lot, so I yeah. do like I, I usually say like, "Have a nice flight in." They'll either they say yeah, no, and then if if they're not sounding talkative, I'm just like, I'm gonna put my earphones in and like listen to something yeah but um yeah so i have i have two kind of stories about uber weird stories so the one no one, i did uber for like a whole like year and a half before someone threw up in my car uh-huh it didn't happen in greenville it was in oxford mississippi and it was a kid it was a four-year-old child okay <laughs> and it was not yeah. you'd expect oh you would expect i thought it was gonna be some drunk kid mm-hmm. uh no just a kid that ate too much of the cookout and uh, it, it like a it was after a football game, and mm-hmm. just threw up in my car like at their stop like I was they were getting out and he started to throw up, they they handed me like a hundred dollars right there yeah but the the other the crazy story just happened a few days ago, and I don't know if this is a crazy story it's just an interesting story okay so I pick I take a woman up to like try on to the equestrian center I don't uh-huh. know if you know about that anyway so there's like a horse track up there so I take a woman up there and I'm coming back. Uh-huh. And I have my I have my app on just so if I can pick up a ride going somewhere far or somewhere uh-huh. you know coming back to Greenville or coming to Spartanburg or something like that so I'm I have it on and I get a ping for a ride in Inman mm-hmm. I go I go like down it's like kind of on the back roads of Inman I go near the near Chapman High School I go and I pick this I pick I pull into this thing I pull into this like yard it's for like a double wide trailer and a woman comes out and um. She has two big duffel bags. She puts them in the back seat. She gets in, and I'm like, "How was your day?" And she's like, "Oh, it's." She's like, "It's been a rough one." She gets on the phone. She starts like talking to this dude about how terrible the man she's leaving is. Mm-hmm. And so, talk, uh-huh. so she's talking about how bad this dude is. And I'm like, "Okay, this woman like she would be hot, or she she was an attractive woman, 
but she would have like been like 2005 hot. You know what I mean? Like she, no, like she like she, <laughs> I don't know if this is just something that I've like perceived. Like she had like a monster energy shirt on. Okay, that was like monster energy racing or something. Like you know, like okay. she was. This, and she like hung all around the rage dudes. in two thousand five. No, I'm saying like she hung around dudes that like dirt bike raced or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, like yeah, she was yeah, like yeah, that yeah. type of chick, you know. Sure. Yeah. And so uh, like bleach blonde hair, mm-hmm. and um, but probably up in age a little bit, probably in her like older than you. That's what mm-hmm. I'll say. Like she was older than you, but younger than forty. But okay. So she, <laughs> she might have been a ride around forty, honestly. But anyway, I don't know. What do you want to say? <laughs> Fucking fine. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's totally. <laughs> Um, so she's, she gets, she's talking to this dude. She gets off the phone with him. She also makes like a Joe Dirt reference in the middle of it. Um, wow. She's really playing this part. No. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. She was central casting for like 2000s yeah, old, yeah. old, old MILF or something, you know? Uh-huh. So she, uh, she, uh, she starts talking to me. She's talking about this terrible dude she's leaving and I'm bringing her all the way to like Taylor's. Uh-huh. Um, talks about this terrible dude and she's leaving. And uh, uh, she says she's the uh, forget how she says it, but like she talks about how she's divorced. Okay. And I'm like, oh wow, like you, so you're already separated from this guy. She's no, I'm or she's getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, from this guy, or she references her husband or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, like so. She's like, yeah, he's another asshole. (laughs) She drops a bomb on me. She goes, yeah, he actually was like. She she goes. He's, he was arrested for being a January sixth, huh? and I'm like, what? Holy so I'm like shit. immediately going to that little interviewer mode. I'm like doing all these probing questions, and um, turns out she was at January sixth too. Okay, and she she wanted to go up there, and he wanted to go up there to protect her. Uh-huh. He gets like caught up in this like the fervor and everything going on, mm-hmm. like a lot of those people did, right? Yeah. Um, and he actually goes in the Capitol. It was like one of the ones who went in the Capitol. <laughs> and she's like, the way that he got caught, or the way that she thinks he got caught was when you got in a certain perimeter of the Capitol, mm-hmm. your phone light went dead. Not dead, but like the signal went out. Okay. And then once you got into the Capitol, the signal went back on and uh. pinged. So they could tell every single person who had <laughs> gone, like their phone had gone dead and then pinged in the Capitol. Okay, so, so they knew pretty definitively who had more or less gotten yeah. in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, um, that's why you leave your phones at home when you're protesting, guys. right? Uh, right. Yeah. If you're gonna mistake, storm the Capitol. Rookie mistake. Keep your phone. Yeah. Turn your so phone off. Would that solve it? Yeah, yeah. She's talking about this dude and all, her experience there and whatnot, uh-huh. and uh, it's like she's talking about like people. She. Uh, they got tear gas, like people like she uh-huh. almost got trampled like uh-huh. by the stampede and all this stuff and uh just a wild <laughs> her like she showed me TikToks that she had made while there. Holy shit. So it's it's legit. <laughs> oh no, it dude, one hundred percent like one hundred percent legit. And she told me her husband's name and I looked up her husband's name afterward, but we'll get into So we we go on <laughs> we go on and she talks about how a couple weeks after her husband got taken in by the FBI uh-huh. or like her like someone called her husband from the FBI or something. And like, they're like, were you there? Like, did you go in the Capitol? He's like, no, he lies to him. Uh-huh. Bad idea for the most part. At least get, at least get a, at least get a lawyer before you lie. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Let Tucker lie for you. <laughs> so, uh, he lies. And then she's like, yeah, when one day we're, uh, 
were like coming back from something. It was uh-huh. like nine o'clock at night, she said. And we noticed all these like trucks on our street, like trucks that usually aren't there. And um, we're like, that's weird. And then we're home. She goes, we're home for 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, armored vehicles pulled up on their lawn, basically, and came to take them in or came to take her husband in. Uh And then I think she was detained for an interrogation. And they were like talking. They were interrogating her and all this other stuff. But, oh my god! Yeah, and so did he get locked up, or did he? St- did he- I think he bonded out somehow, uh, okay. or something like that. So he wasn't one of the ones that was really doing crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he a wasn't group like that's still locked up. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, there's like, <laughs> there's like several. I think that they've actually like. Re- I could this. I saw this on Twitter, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but um, I think they released like some sort of like song that was played at a rally of some sort. Some sort of what rally? Like I think it was played like at a Trump rally, or they like a song. Yeah, okay. that they, that these people like made in prison. Okay. Somehow, I don't. I don't yeah, know. that they were like singing like "We Will Overcome" or something from their jail cells. <laughs> yeah, or some, some shit. like weird. Yeah, like slave song. I don't know. Some like that yeah. they don't get the irony of it all. And but they uh, but he, so they're divorcing, right? Uh huh. And. She's probably going to, I'm sure she'll be subpoenaed, mm-hmm. um, but her husband, there's actually an article on, tele, on television, there's an article online um, from like the state newspaper where this, her husband sent her like 5,000 text messages trying to get her not to break spousal privilege because there's spousal privilege that she isn't like forced to testify against her, testify husband. Against her husband, exactly. And I think... There's certain like communications. I learned this in evidence class this past semester. There's uh-huh. certain communications that are always going to be privileged between like a husband and a wife, even if they get divorced. Uh-huh. And there's certain that aren't. So he was trying to like get get her to like keep spousal spousal privilege, uh-huh. but technically that's because they're getting divorced. That is tampering with a witness. Oh, geez. so he's like this guy can this not guy, catch a break. No, yeah, this guy doesn't have like a good lawyer. Like he's just like not listening to his lawyer or whatnot. I don't know his lawyer, That's so I can't really, say if he's a good one or not. But like, dude, this is fun. He's not listening to his lawyer All at the these very cases least. Really come to light in a different kind of yeah. You like when you know the or you'll like, you'll be sitting like watching an SVU episode and like I don't think they can introduce that evidence there. I, like, <laughs> I don't know that one, dog. Yeah, but um. What's this book about? This poking a dead Oh, frog? I don't know. It was a gift from Ben Jennings. I don't know. Conversations with today's top comedy writers. Mark Marin, Mel Brooks, Adam McKay, Amy Poehler, Bob Elliott. Oh, shit. Pure hardcore advice. <laughs> that's, a, that's a title of a, of a chapter. Yeah. I don't even know what this is about. but That's I, interesting. It seems like there's questions and answers and all kinds of stuff over here. A list by Bill Hader, 200 essential movies every comedy writer should oh, see. Oh, man. That's actually pretty cool. I feel like I might need to uh, read some of these. Yeah, man. Nine to Five, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Dude, these are kind of obscure. To hey, me. Well, he's a great director and actor and everything. Mm-hmm. Like as like Yeah. Yeah. Do you watch Succession? Uh, No. Dude, not caught um, up. Yeah. I've watched. Uh, You've watched some the of the final season. They're uh, almost to the final season, but dude, it's not to be a white person, but it's so good. <laughs> I want to see Bill Hader list MacGruber in here. Does he really like Damn MacGruber? It. No, but I think it's the best. I think it's one of the best. Is there? It's a movie. It's on the a TV Incredibles. show. The Incredibles. 
Bueller's. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Uh, you know the guy, uh, Colin on in, uh, in in succession played Ferris Bueller. Yes, that's so weird, yes. right? The the son that's a politician. Yeah. Yes. Wow, Talladega Nights, Team America, Toy Stories one, two, and three. <laughs> he left out. When was this written? He just like shit on four and five or whatnot. That's all he contributed. He just literally. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, he just listed a. He just listed movies. That's actually. That's I mean, little... I don't know. That seems like a cool book. I might have to. Why doesn't Ben give me stuff? Here's a list <laughs> of movies like... that I've. Well, I'm. He's. Because I'm leaving. He's, he was. Yeah. It was a nice thing. Ben is like such a nice guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Ultra specific comedic knowledge. <laughs> yeah, dude. This looks like an interesting. Uh, all right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put anything. Do you have any other celebrity stories? Who um, have you met? Celebrity stories, like non-comedians. Oh, you can tell, say comedians, celebrities, but I, I well, assume you've met quite a few comedian celebrities doing yeah, this. Yeah, I got but. one Rory Scovel, okay, story. Um, Did you annoy Rory? <laughs> Rory? Yeah, <laughs> I annoyed Rory. Um, so it was. Uh, before his uh, Greenville show, I don't know if you went to that one, but he did a headlining set and no at Comedy Zone on a on a Wednesday. Okay. And uh, I volunteered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I volunteered to DJ because I just wanted to meet Rory. So, first of all, super chill. I don't know if he was drinking or doing extra cricket. I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah. But it's super loose in the in the green room and uh, just. And he had this plan. He wanted to do a song um, to introduce himself. And um, he changed the song that he was going to do several times. And then he picked one. I forget what the song was. I love the idea of him going, yo, man, yeah, this song. And yeah. they're like, five, no, 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 no. Scratch that song, yeah. this song. Yeah, I love the idea yeah, of this. Exactly. Because he's like, no, that's stupid. No, nah, that won't be funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then he picked a song that he's like, okay, I like this one. And he's like, I'm going to do a long walk up. Like from the back bar area behind the table all the way, so the song was pretty cool. And I was like, "Okay, I got you. I'll play the song. I'll light you at this time. Sounds good." Like I was just trying to play it cool or whatever. So then there's the the comedy zone laptop in the back, and I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it's like yeah, old as shit, like yeah, dinosaur. Like, it has like one of those little like red button trackers in the middle. Yeah. Like it's like super old. Yeah. It's a ThinkPad. That's all. Like a, exactly before they reinvented the ThinkPad. Yeah. So I had the song queued up and. uh I go to hit play on it, mm. and the computer freezes. Oh, no. And there's no music playing. So the crowd's going nuts, and Roy's just kind of walking slowly. He's just like, crowd- I hate this lanky, <laughs> tall ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just said, let's just imagine that there was a song playing that whole time. <laughs> and he just, He's like, yeah. I want that man fired. Yeah, dude. I was like, fuck. No, yeah, that's the worst. Me. It's over. No, it wasn't that. What, other, like, what about non, non-comedian? Mm. like? Non-comedian. Well, there's Russell Crowe. I saw uh, Owen Wilson in front of a store in Asheville um, when they were shooting uh, that bank heist movie with Kristen Wiig and Zach Galifianakis years ago. Um, not much of an interaction there. Yeah. I was with my friend What's Ariel. the name of that? Um, it's fr- not important, but I just... Like, yeah, it was a movie. I forget the name of it. But it was where they stole money. Um, I think I know what you're talking about. I really can remember the movie, just not the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. But there were celebrity sightings in downtown Asheville, and uh, so we knew that they were kind of out and about. And when was uh, this? When was like when was like twenty fourteen? Okay, this is the same year as like Russell Crowe, or 
No. Oh, no. Russell Crowe wasn't until 20. Were you in Charlotte at this point? 2019 was Russell Crowe. I was living in Charlotte at the time, okay. visiting Asheville. Yeah. Yeah, so we were walking in front of these storefronts, and uh, and I I was not, actually, I was not expecting to see Owen Wilson. I didn't know they were in town shooting a movie at this yeah. point. So all of a sudden, like it was like some kind of like artsy shop right downtown there, and I was walking by, and I made eye contact with this guy, and he was like, from me to you away. And it was the weirdest feeling I've ever, because it's like, I know you, but yeah. I don't know you. It's it's weird because sometimes you don't. It's a different connotation, or mm-hmm. not? It's a different context. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I, this person looks familiar. Like, yeah, I know you, but and I was like, yeah. and then he, the guy turned away, and he was with this girl, and they like kind of acted like they were like shopping for something. Yeah. And then I stopped. I was like, Ariel, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It hit me like five seconds later. I was like, dude, that is Owen Wilson. Like, yeah. it's unmistakable. Like, once I processed, like, that was his face. That was his. And I was like, don't. Like, you can turn around. Look yeah. Like, he's, he's right there. And uh, didn't say anything. And then sure enough, she said, oh, yeah, they're shooting the movie here. Kristen Wiig and Zach Galifianakis are in town. And, yeah. Um, yeah. But that was a big deal. I didn't even say one word to him. But <laughs> to me at the time, dude, I fucking love seeing celebrities. No, yeah, it's cool. Um, it's easy to see him in downtown Greenville too. I think if you like catch him at the oh yeah, yeah, I saw Jay Cutler. Well, <laughs> people appreciate Jay no, Cutler. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> fame, saw, famed uh, Denver Bronco, Denver Bronco, yeah. uh, Chicago Bear. Um, uh, uh, you gotta hate that dude then, right? Like you're a Packers. No, fan. I kind of like. We always beat him, and yeah. I always liked how he was so depressed and just like didn't give a shit. Yeah. Jay Cutler smoking Jay. He like was so relaxed and didn't get seemed to not give a fuck. Did he about, only play for two teams? <clears throat> he was probably a journeyman, probably a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, he played for Miami late in his career, yeah. I think. But uh, it was mostly Denver and Chicago. Yeah. But yeah, he was hanging out at Gianna downtown, and uh, he was with his boys. And uh, I saw him going to the bathroom. Yeah. And uh, Gianna when I, when I saw him. Like, I was like, dude. I was like, what's up, Jay? He was like, what's up, man? And, <laughs> and that's it. I mean, Keanu Reeves was here like a couple, like a couple months he ago. He was. Right? Yeah. Keanu Reeves was here. I feel here? like it was like a, less than a year ago, but like, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I would love to see Keanu Reeves. It's good. He it, would be so nice in person. Yeah. I bet. Well, you know, like the uh, BMW Pro Am, the golf tournament yeah. happens here, brings in a ton of celebs. Okay. Um, I've I I went to that a few times, and I mm-hmm. met like Cheech, and I met Cheech. Cheech, not Cheech. Chong. <laughs> not Chong. Chong was not there. Chong is not a big golf fan, but Cheech. Yeah. I think Cheech like had some like stomach issues. He was like, <laughs> he had a terrible round, and I saw him coming out of a bathroom, uh, <laughs> like a porta potty too. Like, um, where's John? Uh, I met yeah. uh, what's his name? I don't know. I don't remember his name, but he was on Criminal Minds, like the really tall, dark haired dude. Okay, I don't um, know that show. Yeah, and then a guy from King of Queens that wasn't wasn't kevin james or pat oswald okay he was uh deacon no it wasn't deacon it was the cousin it was like doug's cousin okay you know what i'm talking about like i think his name's gary valentine or something like that okay yeah 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 Yeah, so i met him and uh yeah he's a fun one to just say what's up to i think i I think i'm i think i drove by uncle cracker yeah which is a weird like a crazy celebrity to like yeah come in contact with like uh-huh. after 2005 yeah for <laughs> uh, sure then i've met a bunch of i mean not to brag i met it like the president of the united states and the vice president of the united states you've met <laughs> current current you've met biden and yeah, i mean yeah i've met them Hell i met yeah i mean like i say met i've shaken their hands and like mm-hmm. been within like five feet for like 30 minutes wow. at a time 
Yeah, I mean, I had a cool, I, I had a cool life at one point. Yeah, dude. But I, I mean, met, I met like, uh, I mean, I met Cory Buckingham. I saw Obama up close. Yeah, that I'm, was pretty cool. He spoke at a, a groundbreaking for a lithium-ion battery factory in West Michigan. That's cool. And our economic development company was um, was uh, organizing the event, so we had to like get vetted by Secret Service. Yeah, and they looked at our Facebooks and looked at all of our stuff to make sure we weren't. Trump like terrorists. spoke in 2016 at my at Wofford. Oh yeah, and I was part of like the student government, and he. Uh, Did you get to see him pretty close? Yeah, yeah. We like. What was that like? It was pretty cool. I mean, I mean, it was very interesting because like it was a big uproar on campus about him coming uh-huh. of course he's just such a, he's such he was and still is like such a like polarizing candidate but like mm-hmm. um saw uh, yeah i mean it, it kind of makes it cool because of i saw him in atlanta once at the fox theater and uh i just love trump at the fox theater that's hilarious dude actually. it was it was absurd <laughs> that I might th- be the funniest thing to happen to the fox theater in yeah. a long time <laughs> but the, the the people protest so much that like the the amount of security they bring to a Trump event is insane. Like they got dudes on horses, helicopters, like barricades, all this shit. There were a number of people that like walked like that. There was a protest, quote unquote protest, of like twenty, maybe fifteen to twenty people stood up yeah. and like walked out like in the yeah. middle of it. I mean, which is I mean that's I think that's a good way to um, bring attention to that. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Ben Carson too at Walford, which was weird. Yeah, um, Did he draw a big crowd or no? He smaller smaller than Trump's. I actually, he's such a boring speaker. I did fall asleep. Dude, yeah, he I, is boring. I like fell asleep in during it. I like, love the SNL impression that he he's like holds his hands like this. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but I actually, you, you know, John Ossoff. He's like the senator from Georgia now. Yeah, I, vote I, your ass off. I remember yeah. that campaign because they were campaigning hard in my neighborhood when I was in Atlanta. Uh, when did you move here? Like in 2000... To 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. So you... You were there in... Tw- you're sorry. I'm sorry. You moved here in 2020. Mm-hmm. I think in 2016, it was like he was, a special he was like, election between yeah. him and... Uh, yeah, 2016 Stacey? or maybe 2018. No. I think it was 2018. Who was it? I forget. I want to yeah. say it was 2018 when he was running like... Uh, for but like they were pumping time. money behind him for a while. I don't think he won the first time, he but then he ran, won... So also ran for... A house seat, like a U.S. house seat, to mm-hmm. replace. I'm gonna feel so bad. It was like, the guy who got uh, Trump's health secretary position. No, 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 wasn't no, it? No, that's. Uh, I th- I want to say that he, maybe it was. I feel like he was like. I feel so bad for not because re- he's a, like a dude. Back in 2016, his name's like John. Some oh, Johnny God. Isaacson. No, no, it's he's like a, he's a civil rights that's icon. That's why I feel feel like really bad like not remembering his name. Okay, it's not Elijah Cummings. I don't think it's Elijah. I th- I, but anyway, anyway, beyond the point. Um, I got to introduce him at an event. Like, Hell yeah! So in my first like you, event, Ossoff's a rock star in the Democrat Party. Yeah, right. he's kind of an up and comer right now. So he, um, uh. I was working an event for Kamala Harris. Like I was like running, I was helping run the event, like put it together uh-huh. and everything. And they're like, we need a voice. We need uh, someone to do the voice of God, which is like where you talk into a mic, uh, like uh, you talk into a mic and you introduce people. Like you'll say like coming to the stage, David, ba- ba- yeah. like kind of what you like, kind of what Jalen and yeah, y'all yeah. do like at yeah. Comedy Zone. So um, I got to do that for like a, several, like all of the people except for, Kamala Harris, which uh-huh. John Ossoff introduced. Right. So I was like in the like it was pre-recorded. So uh, I like was sitting at the back of the auditorium for like thirty minutes. Like I like listened to like CNN clips of like yeah. how you say his name correctly, and like uh-huh. I was like 
bringing to the stage John Ossoff. <laughs> it was it was actually pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any cool celebrity story. Like, you're, uh, you're yeah. cool, <laughs> dude. I don't know if you knew that at the time of the 2016 election, my friend Sarah Ann was working for Johnny Isaacson, who was a senator, right? He, that's his name, Johnny Isaacson, state senator or state senator. Or? Sen- no, he was a senator for yeah. In the Congress. Michigan or? Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know you're talking about now. And she went to my college. So Hillsdale's kind of libertarian, right? And uh, so You can call it a feeder school into the GOP. It's cool. Feeder school into the GOP. <laughs> if I was doing stand-up, I'd be a politician. Resurrect the Republican Party. No. But uh, it was so cool because she invited me to Johnny Isaacson's campaign celebration on the eve of 2016, which was, was pretty happening because he won. Yeah. And then that was the night Trump won, and nobody thought he was going to. So yeah. it was like this ballroom, house of cards type environment where, like, and kind of, yeah, there's actually. And if you're a Republican, you were pretty jacked that night. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. We but, were here at Connolly's downtown. Yeah. And there's actually a really good picture of, like, me and some other politicos, like, younger politicos. I call my, it's such a douchey thing to call yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's like comedian, but, like, yeah, you get the buttons, young, and young, the, the pins, and young, stuff. uh, political, uh, aids and whatnot so uh-huh. we we're like sitting at the bar and all the like all the uh results are coming in and uh you could like tell early in the night like because of pennsylvania because of like how things were because if you don't know in politics if it's like 50 50 coming out of like miami dade mm-hmm. like the lower part of florida the Repu- like if it's 50 50 like the republicans are going to win because like the panhandle is going to go like red. really strong red mm-hmm. so uh you could tell like pretty early on he's going to get florida and like pennsylvania was going to go that way and we didn't like we could tell like it's not going to be a good night uh-huh. <laughs> and so it was just us like up at like looking up at the screen and like this blue haze on yeah. the, like this blue like light flying shining back at us it was yeah. like it's a pretty good picture but um <laughs> no yeah it was a summer night um yeah but yeah, that's what whatever. That's that's what makes ebbs and flows makes America, you know, <laughs> great. Actually, Hillsdale was mentioned in uh, a book I was reading about conservatism. Well, oh yeah, modern conservatism. Was it kind to Hillsdale? Or um, was it, it's, was I mean, it, it was kind of a, not ambivalent, but it was like yeah, um, it was talking about their like position in like the conservative movement, mm-hmm. like the current conservative movement. And it starts kind of at like Barry Goldwater, okay, um, Arizona Senator Barry mm-hmm. Goldwater, mm-hmm. Um, and goes from. Goldwater, it's all the way through Reagan. Mm-hmm. They've done like the first half of Reagan's presidency, I think maybe. Yeah, and still waiting for the next couple, the next book to come out. But it's yeah. a really good book. Rick Perlstein, I think, is the author. Okay, there's like five books in the series. It's a really if you want to nerd out on politics. <laughs> yeah, if you nerd, if you're in politics, you're yeah, like, for go ahead sure. And do that. Yeah, Hillsdale's. You know, um, it gets talked about a lot by partisan outlets, um, but it's it's not that way it really i mean it's it's just a classical liberal arts education yeah that's hard as shit like yeah <laughs> when it comes to studying you know um literature yeah, like, well, philosophy I mean, yeah. history Walford's like that economics too. it's not like you know it's not propaganda it's just you yeah. know but uh and it's fiercely libertarian they were they don't accept any funding from anywhere that's from the federal really, i mean that's that's because they don't cool. want to be told what they have to teach. Does that does, does that make the price tag higher for lower students? Lower, lower for students because it's not subsidized. So it's it's all it's it, the cost is kept much lower. 
Because when it's subsidized by the government, yeah, explain the, that the, the university will just charge more okay. to cushion. Anything that's subsidized, the price goes up Okay. in, yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That makes so sense. that's why, you know, yeah. Okay. So it keeps the cost low um, and they can be more... Uh, they don't it, have to like... It's more exclusive to it. They can admit fewer people. The bigger they get, the more the standards go up. Now, I, I probably couldn't even get in there. Yeah. Like, you were on the football team, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I had a good GPA, but my standardized test scores weren't that great. Yeah. So, I mean, I would get in now, but I probably wouldn't get any money. I think I got some academic. Yeah. But um, anyway. That's cool. That's an interesting like school, like um, interesting school like outlook to be like completely private because yeah. like most private schools even now like wofford takes some sort of mm-hmm. federal funding just because there's so many different mm-hmm. different programs where they can get money yeah and uh they they do that on a regular basis or i mean that's why like um bob jones is like in such hot water yeah about like interracial dating and all that on their campus like in the early 2000s yeah and um and they, they, like, uh, they didn't allow that yeah, I don't think Jeez. I. I don't think they allowed like interracial dating, or was like uh-huh. very frowned upon. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was like, f- yeah, forbidden for um, sure, for like until until the early 2000s, and like I think in the 60s and like 70s they had this huge thing about integration, mm-hmm. and they didn't take like a, they didn't take federal money for a long time because of integration. I think. Wow. It was. I mean, yeah. I mean that it talks about Bob Jones in these books too as well. Yeah. Like, as part of this like conservative movement yeah. from like. Yeah, yeah. Hillsdale, we were pretty proud to be the first to admit, irrespective of gender or race, um, one of the first. Uh, Say that again. I'm sorry. I just didn't understand. Like we, we would admit, regardless of okay. women, um, yeah, African American. Yeah. Like we would, we would admit, like on, purely based on, on merit, merit alone. On merit yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah, and it was we did that pretty early. Uh, of course, now we don't do as much direct affirmative action. I think we have programs to like if it's like inner city or like yeah. to, to get, you know, yeah. um, I think that, folks I mean, that wouldn't otherwise have a chance, but yeah. we don't have strict affirmative action quotas yeah. or things like that. Yeah. There, I think with, so the, it's, with things like affirmative action and like the Supreme court's come down on this recently. Mm-hmm. So, or it will in the next couple months, I think, mm-hmm. or anyway, but there's a, there's a sweet spot to hit. Cause you like really want to, cause it's important to take people's like lived experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And because it is harder for some people to get into college mm-hmm. than it is for other people mm-hmm. to get into college. So, and I think you should give some, not, ad, I won't say advantage, but you should give some like credence to like the kids that it's really hard for them to get into the college for sure. or to get into any college. For sure. And I think also when you have that, when you bring kids in from the inner city and uh, poor kids or um, kids from like different creeds and mm-hmm. races and whatnot, uh, in different countries, it enriches the education because you get different viewpoints, different so, perspectives. Yeah, for so sure, I think that that's like super. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hitting that sweet spot of like not making it where it's in, almost impossible for Asian kids to get into school. Right, uh, like is the problem in the case before the Supreme Court, and recognizing that there are differences between like socioeconomic like levels for sure for getting into school but yeah um yeah well dude i'm running i hate to cut it but oh no man i we're listen. quarter to seven so i gotta quarter to seven i gotta run here pretty soon but uh, no yeah dude time flies when i'm talking to you i freaking love it i feel like we could have talked about we could have gone i think last longer. time we went for like three hours yeah, <laughs> which yeah is like, it's too much two hours is perfect yeah uh, no man i'm like do they know that you're moving yet like the the you don't have to tell them right now you can I'm cut moving. this out 
I'm moving. This is the first exclusive, dude. I love to get the exclusive <laughs> on this. I'm like Joy Behar, bro. Alexis has been talking about it for months, so I think um, you know most everyone knows. Know. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's sad. It'll be. I want to come up and see like when, once I get out of law school, like next see year. Yeah, man. I'll get I, done I, with I'm the assuming. bar. I want to get done with the bar, and I think mm-hmm. after the bar, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go on like a road trip around mm-hmm. the country i'm not gonna call it a tour because that's mm-hmm. kind of cheesy yeah i'm gonna go around the country and try to get on shows around the country oh yeah and uh maybe swing by new york probably not get on a show in new york just like do a do an open mic in new york yeah <laughs> but no i'm not gonna be one of those dudes it's like it's a tour and then just go yeah. to open mics <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. but yeah uh I, dude i think it's cool that you are going up there i think it's like super it's taking a leap. It's like, oh, yeah. It's going I'm off the terrified. edge. I'm terrified. I'm oh, terrified. Yeah. A lot of things. I'm very comfortable here. I'm very happy here. There's no reason to go aside from, you know, yeah, like just I told wanting you, to do comedy yeah. in a bigger city. And yeah, yeah. Um, I told you this last week, but I, or two weeks ago, I don't know. But if you're like, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. So like yeah. being like in an uncomfortable environment, like it's good for growth it's terrible mm-hmm. for like maybe your mental health yeah <laughs> but like yeah. as long as you have like friends you're gonna have two friends up there with you so mm-hmm. um it'll be good for you to like grow in comedy and everything yeah. man yeah so dude means a lot man appreciate that I, yeah do y'all have like uh do you have like um uh, mics picked out and stuff like that i'm sure like not cody, exactly i'm sure like some the uh, cody has a people like yeah cody- he knows like Cody's yeah, got connections. Though. I don't know how gracious he's going to be hooking us up with them, but uh, I'm pretty <laughs> uh, sure he will. Man. No, he will. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a few there's, like Greenville comedians in different boroughs. There's Greenville people already up there. Yeah. We'll be in a well. Hopefully, the apartment we applied for, we will get. It's um, how good your credit, Astoria. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think they might combine them all. I don't know. That's weird. Actually, I mean, like, I guess you you will all be co-signers. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're I, I'm not going to, I mean, your credit's probably decent. Um, mm-hmm. You will probably like help the other two and they could help each other. Like mm-hmm. as far as credit scores go, like be approved. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's probably yeah. like an aggregate, like for sure. But so, I mean, good, how big is the apartment? Like one bedroom or two bedrooms? It's three like, bedrooms. So okay. That's we'll, nice. So I have your yeah, own place. Yeah. We got a living room. And it's, oh, cool. You know, Damn. We are living in like a friend's apartment. What the? F- yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> small. We FaceTimed the realtor. Um, it's small. It's like micro rooms, like smaller than your bedroom here. I'd say the living room is probably like half of this size. And okay. And the bedrooms are probably as big as this. Yeah. But that's the and cool thing like about a small kitchen. Yeah. That's the cool thing about New York. It's like, you don't need to spend time at home. Like you can no. like, you, you make, le- you you make I mean, home your home and, and yeah, I think that also, I mean, it's going to be, dude, you're going to be able to hit like multiple mics a night. Mm-hmm. That's going to be cool as, that's yeah. gonna be cool as hell. Yeah. Right? That's going to be like, you're going to be able to like hit mm-hmm. one at like nine, like eight. Mm-hmm. And then one at like ten. There's like you won't be listening to comedy podcasts like about like by by Pete Holmes like his mm-hmm. like like early he was talking early on in his podcast he talked more about his like comedy um, career and getting go going to mics at like twelve a.m. and like getting yeah. on stage. Yeah, that was oh yeah, it's one of the. I mean, I assume that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, yeah. We're be in the back of the line Every- in a city like Memphis or Denver or Atlanta. Or yeah, just, everyone's you know. w- everyone's. So many people have moved away. Mm-hmm. That's like so many people that I've like started. I, me and you didn't start at the same time, but I feel mm-hmm. like we're part of the same like weird core ho- core mm-hmm. cohort of people, mm-hmm. um, like the younger yeah comedians. And yeah. so it's weird to see like we have friends that have fr- we have f- we've had friends that have moved to uh, like 
Chicago, mm-hmm. and we've had friends that like have moved to New York or Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like one person's moved to Denver. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, Dude, it's been great talking to you. Yeah, I'm so sorry. No, n- dude, listen. I got 10 minutes to get to this restaurant. Oh, man. And you're like, not just, I hope you're not wearing that to a date. No, I'm not. I got it. <laughs> but maybe it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to plug my socials. Yeah, uh, plug I'm <laughs> Tucker, Loss, T- Tucker Lawson, that's my name. Uh, Tucker Lawson SC on Twitter. I'm decently funny on Twitter. Yeah, uh, dude. Tucker Lawson, uh, my name on Instagram is Tuck Ever Laughing, but without the G on the end. So it's Tuck Ever Laughing. Uh, Cause I'm clever. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been great, good, David. Yeah, thanks for coming and doing it again, man. Yeah, love man. it, love it. We'll keep doing it. You know, definitely. I'm not we'll, gonna stop doing this in New York. So, oh yeah, I mean, you'll have like better comedians to <laughs> no. do it. Maybe I mean we'll have infinite infinity. I'm You're sure gonna we'll have go worse, through half better. of Williamsburg. Where's the apartment? Uh, it's in Astoria, Brooklyn. Okay, that's where we're trying. Nice. To, that's I mean, Brooklyn's the, the place to, to be, right? Like, yeah. you got to work your way up to Manhattan. Like. For sure, <laughs> for sure. But we'll yeah. start there. All right, I gotta go to this freaking. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. See you guys. Once that day was done.